listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, there we go. All right. Welcome everybody, it is Friday, February 17th, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can get your MBA in as little as 13 months and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process, again, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming everywhere in the galaxy, you know it better as the Big X, Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey, rocking a t-shirt despite the snow flurries as we were coming in here we were mentioning it two days ago 75 degrees 75 and sunny springs here yesterday most rainfall in the history of the city today it's snowing ridiculous i mean when was it i guess yeah wednesday we came in here we're like it's open up the window weather here. Se- we had what well, you left the window open yesterday <laughs> by the way <laughs> during the, the rainfall oh God, i might be listening <laughs> You came in. You here, I was like, "Oh my good lord!" I was like, "I was like, is that a puddle?" Right? For a second, I thought there was like a huge puddle right by the radio equipment. I was like, "Oh no!" But uh, that's okay. No, yeah. no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Nothing, nothing got wet around me. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, nothing, nothing got ruined. And, you Not know, a three o two. And then so yeah, but uh, today window was closed. So we've got. Uh, it would have been just like ice in here. But <laughs> we've got lots to get to today. I, I know that I said yesterday today was mostly going to be about. Remembering 2013, and and it is. We're going to spend a lot of time bringing up memories from that season, bringing up memories from Final Four weekend in Atlanta, taking your thoughts, your memories on on the text line. But we have other stuff we have to get to today, too. Josh Hurd made some comments this morning on 93.9 The Ville that I think are are worth discussing, so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, We've got There's a 2013 banner hanging up prominently downtown. I enjoy that. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then uh, a couple of other tidbits here to get into. We should also mention... Louisville baseball is here. Opening day, first pitch is going on right now. If you want to hear the game, but you know, you, you listen to us. But it, it, during commercials, if you want to hear the fantastic voice of Sean Moth calling Louisville baseball, you can check it out on 970 WGTK, our sister station. Cards taking on Bucknell in the first of three games to open up their 2023 season. I don't think we've ever needed baseball back as much as we do right now. I mean, you may so lose good. me at points. I might tune out and start listening to Sean <laughs> instead of listening. I mean, you'll be like, what do you think, Trevor? I'll be like, huh? Yeah, I know. Well, that's every day, anyway. That's... Yeah, but at least this time. What else you, is new? It's time you're getting ditched for something other than the keys jingling in front of me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my voice is is struggling a little bit. How, how was last night at the household? You, is, is everyone else still healthy? Are you getting a little better? I mean, I mean nobody's kids... healthy at the house. Like, well, I mean, the kids sick, but you and Mary still okay? I mean, Mary and I both are still a little bit sick. It's 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 the house of sick. We're just we're constantly sick. It's <laughs> awful. But John, thankfully, mostly slept through the night last night, so well, finally good. got a little bit of sleep, which was great. Still not caught up at all still feeling like crap but we're here were you able to uh watch i can't say the word enjoy completely till the end but watch at least a little louisville men's basketball last night yeah um i got home about right before halftime and got to watch the rest from there i watched the good parts and then at the end of the game i'm like trying to so (laughs) my poor tweets kind of bore this out i'm virginia is like she's adamant that she wants to sleep with me she wants me to put her to sleep not mommy 
And Mary and I, we've been in kind of a routine where Mary will put Virginia down. I'll put John down. John sees mommy as like a, like, she's fine. She, 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 she'll play. Daddy's girl, mommy, mommy's, mommy's Kind of, but like, John just like, he will not let Mary put him down to sleep. Like, he fights it. He like points at her. He'll like start talking to her. So we tried last night. It didn't work. John wouldn't go to sleep. Virginia wouldn't go to sleep. So I had to go back there. Basically, like, right as the end of regulation is happening. So I'm trying to follow on my phone, which is also distracting Virginia. It's not helping. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up like the ESPN app. So I'm tweeting like in between like going out there, running around, I see Notre Dame gets the and one to go up four. Yeah. Late in regulation. They have a chance to go up five. And I'm like, well, that's it. It's 15 seconds. There's 15 seconds left in the game. We're done. And so I just tweet like this one's going to sting. And then I, I get back on my phone and I think everyone's going crazy. Like, we, we scored. We got the ball back. Olivia made a layup to tie the game. And people are like, let's do this double overtime. Let's do this double overtime. So I haven't had a chance to watch the game. So I'm thinking we sent it to overtime. Uh, it's done. Like, like we're waiting for the, the second overtime to start. And so I just tweet out, like, for them. Like, ha Like, it's going to sting. For them. Like, the old, like, ambulance. Call an ambulance, <laughs> but not for me. And then, like, right as I send that tweet, I see everybody who's like, this is your fault. You did this. Miles oh, my gosh. I, I'd missed the Olivia Miles shot. I'd been, like, pulling up the app. So I see the Olivia Miles shot approximately a minute and 15 seconds after everybody else. And I was just like, oh, my <laughs> God. I'm just, I, it was it was frustrating. It was annoying. I felt like we got an unfair whistle down the stretch. Not a few of the calls, especially not, not the one that I the, the second uh, and one, but the one before it were. Our arms look pretty straight up. There's but. a play, and, and Rachel, who covers UVA Women's Basketball on the Sidecar Chronicle, uh, I think she's at SnickleFritz35 on Twitter. Nice. She always highlights plays. She highlights a play where Olivia Miles from Notre Dame just drills, I think it's Crystal Carr, just runs her over to get a steal, and the announcers are like, Picks her clean. I'm like, in, in what world that's targeting if, if this were college football? Well, even I know you, I guess I don't know how you were following it, but like the announcers, which was Rebecca Lobo and somebody else, I forget. Uh, when when Haley Van Lith caused the turnover and uh, you know, yeah, I missed that. Like, they were going to replay. Like, was well, clearly off her, but thankfully this isn't the WNBA because they would reverse this and put a foul and it would be Notre Dame's ball because they clearly there's a foul there. And I'm like, oh yeah, we got away with it. I saw the play after the fact. We got away with that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? Uh, it's a good turn because that's how things work. You know, it's karma back and forth. Annoying. I mean, and then I don't know how you felt like the. The Olivia Miles shot, which got shared on social media a ton, like she she walks. It looks like it, but it's, it's not. Like, I, I'm with you. Like it's not as agreed. First of all, three seconds. I, think, I feel like college, women's college basketball the clock moves slower than men. I don't know. It, it, it's <laughs> not. I didn't think it was as egregious as some Louisville fans did because you have this, you know, the, the gather step now is a thing in both college and NBA. But it is a walk. Like it should have been called. I also I hate, and I'm, I think I'm in the minority on this. I think that you agreed though, because I know we've brought it up before. I hate that women's college basketball does the NBA thing where if you call a timeout late, yeah. you can advance the ball to half court. It's not a an earned advantage. Which makes you wonder which makes you wonder why they the Louisville didn't call timeout of regulation, by the way, with three two point six seconds left and instead of just trying to dribble it up quick and chuck up a half court shot. Yeah. I mean I mean they would have got the I, ball I, I, hate, I hate the rule. I, I think it's it's manufactured entertainment. I don't it's, mind it for the pros. I do. I think but, it's stupid. Well, it's, well, the rest of their game is pretty much generic rock and jock anyway, so why but not? Like, what's the, like, in, in every other rule in every sport, there's no other instance where you just get to move the ball for, I don't know. for what about, no real what about reason. about baseball? 
What do you mean? You get a guy at second base to start. Oh, well, I hate that rule, too. Which, I'm just which saying, is here to stay. Well, you're like, there's no other sport. I'm like, well, there's baseball that does. I agree with you. But that's I'm just, just saying they're not the only ones but, that make But, again, they, that's still not even an apples-to-apples conversation because it's extra innings and both teams get the same thing. Like, True, but, it's, I mean, it's still like, in college football, you get a 25. I mean. But that's you earn that <laughs> by the ball going to the end zone or you downing it in the end zone. Like, there's some, something happens. No, I mean, it start overtime, but, yeah. Yeah, something. Well, I mean, that's, again, both teams, both teams have the exact good, same thing. Yeah. Like, it. And this is the only rule where, I mean, I guess you can say saving a timeout earns you that, but like you don't, you don't accomplish anything to gain that advantage, which is having the ball closer to the basket that you're trying to score on. I think it's silly. I think it's manufactured. I like the college and and I guess high school still do it by the book. Like you, if you call a timeout with the ball being inbounds underneath your own basket, you go right back or to where you were before. It, it's yeah. just a, a silly, silly, silly thing, but it's the rule and it bit us last night, and it was a it was a tough loss. I mean, that would have been a big one for our resume. We would have had a shot at still being, you know, co-ACC champion. Play. She's good. She's, She's good. good. I mean, we knew that going in. But they're not, it they're felt not, like we got one taken away from us last heading, night. They're not shoulders better than us. Little We've boy, got to cut down have, the turnovers. Have, should have won that game. The, the turnovers, I know we talk about with the men's team all the time. The women's team is just as bad, if not worse. They just give the ball away constantly. It was like 16 last night, I think, or something like that. I think it was more than that. You're probably right. I think the last number I heard was 16. I think because this would be the second game in a row where they've had over 20, and it's just it it bites. And yet them. still have to lose to on a on a miracle shot the buzzer in overtime to the top 10 team. Well, it doesn't rear our, its head until we get up by nine points. It seems like every single yeah. game we get a double digit lead or around a double digit lead, and then it was nice. Just no one let up. Double digits. Yeah, it happened twice, uh, and just let up and then let them get going, and it's all based on turnovers. We just it gets sloppy every single game, and. It's it's frustrating, but Cards still have a chance to do some damage down the stretch. But last night was a was a blow for sure. Uh, outside of that, what was your Thursday night like, TK? Uh, Thursday night was. What did I do after I watched the game? Tim's not working, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I think I got it fixed. Okay. Um, ended up watching the game, and then I actually it's funny you mentioned something about beginning across the galaxy. Why I don't know. I ended up watching Barely Hills Cop two, but after that I watched Gardens of the Galaxy one and two. I like. I've only seen the first one, but I like it. A lot. Oh, the second one's not bad. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a sequel, you know. But I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the third one coming out. I had another one. So one. it's like it's like the one comic book movie that I, I guess I get the or group that I've actually gotten into mainly because it's just a little bit more. I don't know. I, I enjoy James Gunn's writing with the, with the series, okay, including what he did with Peacemaker on HBO, which I really enjoyed and can't wait for season two to come out. Okay. So there you go. That's about that's about it. N- nothing. I guess a couple sequels, an original. Nothing, nothing special. Nothing to really write home about. Nothing to get to. Oh, I did. I went to. I stopped to Taco Bell on the way home. There you go. I got Taco Bell. Taco Bell person. And not only did they drop one piece of knowledge at me, telling me it was the ten year anniversary of Black Panther coming out, which God baffles me. It's been ten years that's since nuts. that came out. Was that I got my told and he's like, and he's like she's like seven oh nine and I'm like. It's like the same, the same, the same date as the, the release of Black, uh, the Black Pearl uh, movie, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, wow, not one but two random facts. Wow, this person, look, he he's on his he's game on tonight. Look, he's killing it. He's loving it. Yeah, he's great. I need to go to the Taco Bell just to talk to this person. <laughs> By the way, if you want to text him the show today, pictures uh, with him. <laughs> if you want to text him the show today, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line number. And a reminder. Download that Refreshing Rewards app. They're still giving away free breakfast sandwiches and free drinks to anybody who becomes a new Refreshing Rewards member. We're talking tea, coffee in the morning, pick-me-up in the afternoon. 
whatever you want. Thornton's going to give it to you for free just by becoming a new Refreshing Rewards member. Go to your app store, search Thornton's, boom, you're in, you're done, and then text us at 502-414-1450. I want to start today, let's talk about the stream is back now. We're, We're good. Yeah, line, line one went down. We're good. All about the curtain. Yeah, went down. We're all fine. We're, we're, everything's okay. We're, we're going to be just fine today, guys. Um, Josh Hurd goes on with, with Mark Blankenbaker on 93.9 The Ville this morning. And I, I listened to the conversation, and I thought it was it, it was really good. He talked. Obviously, they asked questions about the banner. And a lot of it at the beginning was repetitive as far as things that he'd already said this week in the, the Rick Bozich column. Um, things that had been relayed to me, things that we talked about on the show, you kind of how they went to the NCAA. They wanted to do things, do something to honor the 2013 team, but we're told they couldn't use a lot of phrases, how he thought they weren't even going to get permission to do a banner at all, and the NCAA surprisingly came back with a go-for-it type type response. But him basically relaying the same messages, like, this is an ideal. I get it. We all want the big banner up. I think eventually there's a chance it could happen, but right now this is the best we can do. I the most interesting part of the conversation, though, was at the end. Mark asked a question about because the, the interview was focused on mostly the banner and the 2013 celebration and bringing these guys back and all that, and that's understandable. But at the end, it was, hey, we're three and 23. People are pissed. People are not only pissed; they're concerned about the future. What do you say to alleviate those fears? And Josh. You know, he, he kind of took it upon himself to launch into an answer that I think was meant to kind of calm everybody and, and kind of let them know, I hear you. I am right there in the same boat. I mean, he starts off by saying, look, I spent time at Villanova in between my two tenures here at UofL. I know what the expectations are for top tier college basketball programs. I, I understand what it's like to win. I wouldn't want to work somewhere where the expectations are anything less. And the part of the answer that I think was the most illuminating. If you remember, like, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Out of nowhere, I think it was it was when you were gone a couple of days. The big topic of conversation suddenly just became, what should a reasonable expectation for Kenny Payne's second year be? And I think it was, we've talked about this before, but Rick Bozich wrote a column for WDRB saying, getting back to 500, reasonable expectation for a year or two. And you and I both said, we're not changing just because this team has been historically bad. If we said going into this era of, of basketball, you need to go to the NCAA tournament in year two, and that wasn't just with Kenny Payne. It was whoever you hired. Second year, you should be an NCAA tournament team. We're not changing just because you have three or four wins in your first season. And it, it became Great. yeah, it became this big debate where people were like, no, you, you can't do that. Clearly, Payne was dealt a much worse hand than anybody thought. If you go from four wins to 11 wins in year two, that's a signs of progress. We're going to be fine. And Hurd kind of brought it up on his own today. He said, I don't think anybody expected us to be 3-23, and 23, but that's where we're at right now. Nobody thinks that's acceptable. Nobody thinks that 500 is acceptable. People expect to be competing for championships here, and that's what we're going to try to do. And Kenny's going to have the resources to do that. He also, I mean, he he pulled back the curtain a little bit, and he said, he's like, I'll just try to tell you, like, this has been miserable. This has been... I'm miserable. Kenny's miserable. We know the fans are miserable. Everybody, like, like this is, this cannot happen again. Like, we're going to do everything that we have to to ensure that it doesn't happen again. He said, our fans feel it. Kenny feels it. I feel it. But we're going to work really, really hard to get the talent in here. 
If the support staff isn't what it needs to be or if there's a cog that's missing, we're going to correct that. He then voiced some confidence for Kenny Payne, though. I don't think he wanted to make it too harsh. He said, I do have confidence that we're going to get there. As soon as I don't have that confidence, we'll have conversations as to what we change or how we change it. But right now, I have all the confidence in the world in Kenny. We've just got to get back to where our fans want us to be, and I think we will. He also tossed in like a little kind of follow-up line, which is something that, that we've said on the show a number of times, which is like the standard isn't just to be okay it's, or to celebrate making the tournament. And that's kind of been my concern is that we fall into this, this loop where we're so bad for a couple of years that like five years down the line, we're like, hey, we're in the tournament. That's good as a seven seed. And we've kind of forgotten who we are. I don't want that to happen. And it sounds like Josh Hurd isn't going to let that happen. My whole take from this message is, you know, he's he's voicing support for Kenny Payne. But he's also reassuring the fans that, like, if this thing doesn't get going pretty soon, yeah, we're going in a different direction. We're going to fix this. Yeah, to me, uh, he just basically said a fancier, more intelligent version of what we've said. Like the last, I mean, he's saying, listen, we're going to give him the, he's getting the opportunities. He's, you know, there's no, that's kind of like saying, listen, that cloud's gone. There's no excuses why you can't recruit. We have, we offer, whether it comes to facilities, to, to, to fan support, to nil. I mean, we, 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 you have, we got your back. He straight up says Kenny's going to have the resources yeah. to get us to a championship I mean, that, club. That, that's, that's layman's terms for nil. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's or part, everything or everything. And just, yeah. I just said, he basically in a fancier way said, listen, we're, we know we're not settling. You know, if, if I have to have the conversation come, you know, a year from now after IE after year two, because we haven't made the tournament, then I'm, we're going to have the conversation. You know, yeah. we're, we're not, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, you get a year three because year one was lost because of, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, I, I, I'm fully aware. We're going to have the conversation, you know, but the, the conversation is going to wait. I'm, their patience will be there and should be there at least for a second year. I think, I mean, we've, while it's been a very disappointing year, there have been some points that including this last little run that we talked about yesterday and hopefully coming into tomorrow that, you know, can give you hope for a better season coming forward, but you, that's gotta be, all that hope is going to be depending, especially on the recruiting of the, of the summer, and that being, of course, the transfer portal more than anything. So yeah, I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything Josh said. I've just said it in a more Wagner public education version. Yeah, I think he just wants everybody to know, like, there's no, there's no sense behind closed doors that like, you guys are dumb, you're silly for freaking out. Yeah, everything's fine. And if you think that you know, if you think that being three and twenty-three is bad, you're an idiot. Like he straight up, he straight up comes out, and I apologize for my voice today. It's gonna do that a bunch. He's so we're up, used to it. Actually. Yeah, he's, he straight up comes. <laughs> I can't say the word straight. I can't do it. He straight up comes out. It's, it doesn't sound like you are. Oh god. He straight up comes out, and he's like, "This is terrible. I'm miserable. Yeah. We're all miserable. Like this sucks, and it can't happen again." I also think it's it's it's. He says straight up, we're right now. we're like if there's a support staff that's not doing what they're doing, we're gonna fix that. Like he's he's basically coming out and being like, if yeah. Kenny Payne needs to shake up the staff a little bit because someone's not pulling their weight, guess what? Someone's gonna get fired. That's for this. pretty much translation of what that was. That's that was the other thing I'm gonna throw in there. Yeah, he pretty much said, listen, if you need to make a move and you need, to, you know, there somebody needs to fall on the, the metaphorical sword, then someone I have no problem with doing it. Now I would be I'd rather him it be Kenny making the decision, not Josh when it comes to the coaching staff though. This is the, the, the assistant coaches. I would too, but at the same time, if it's one of those deals where Kenny Payne's like, No, everything's fine, these are my guys, we're we're killing it, 
and Josh Hurd's like, well, you're three and twenty three, you're not getting any players. I mean, that's, that's then then you may have to like. But that's what that's the case. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, then it's your head next after next year. Because I think that I mean, you and I both agreed. Like we thought that the things started going really awry for Chris Mack when he had to fire a couple of assistants. And that yeah, that's was, on my list of Vince things. That was pressure. I don't think it was just Vince. That that, that was pressure from no. above. And the, I think that you also have to realize there's a huge difference between firing two assistants because you were the very first team left out of the NCAA tournament <laughs> in a weird COVID year and firing an ass- and being told you need to fire somebody or shake up the staff when you've gone three and 29 or whatever we're going and to finish the this season. The team won 11 more games than this team and played 12 less. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're not bringing in any of the recruits that we thought we were going to. We did win 12 that year, didn't we? Thir- we went 13, 13 and 7. Okay, yeah, but we only played 20 games. Yeah, exactly. We're going, we've already lost more games this year than we played that entire season. So. <laughs> It's a little bit I of a different situation. <laughs> and we thought that was like as low as we could go, right? We thought that was, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. It was so bad then that we had to get rid of like two really well thought of, assi- or at least one really well thought of assistant and another guy who was a uh, former head coach. I mean, love of God, the limbo bar has to be on the ground by now, right? We can't be any lower. Yes. We, <laughs> we can't. So like, if, if you wanted, to, if you were an AD and you wanted to put a little pressure on Kenny Payne to say, hey, maybe you need to change something up, I'm fine with that if we're, Four and twenty-eight, or however the season's going to wind up being, I thought it was a little bit silly to do it after you know we two good seasons and then yeah, one where we had some fluky conditions and we barely missed the NCAA tournament. But that's what happened. I think that it's a message from Josh Hurd of like, I hear you, I feel you. Yeah. Stick around with us for a little bit. I mean, he says that at the beginning of the interview. He says the 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 one message that I can relay to you is just keep supporting as much as you can. Like, like keep coming to the games. Keep keep. You know, trying to cheer like like that's the only thing that's going to help us get out of this hole. That's what you guys can do. But at the same time, he's saying like, if you're pissed, I get it. Like, like I'm, I'm pissed too. I think Kenny's pissed. Like we're all pissed. We're all going to do everything that we can to make sure that something like this never happens again. And not just that, but that when we do get back, it's not back to being in the NCAA tournament. It's back to being competing for national titles. I mean, whether he lets it influence him and he shouldn't, the the the, the voice of the fans. It's we. I think it's clear since he's been here that we know that Josh is listening. I mean, he. He, he tweeted it at Bring Brom back. I mean, he, he obviously listens and hears. and, and, and it's Bring Brom home. Come on, man. Huh? Bring Brom home. Bring Brom home. I'm That's sorry. how we know you're not the guy. That's how we know it's not you. <laughs> you don't even know his name. I goofed up. I'm sorry. But as long as I said it. And then now that he's here, I just I goofed it up. But I, I think it's I think you know that Josh listens. And again, I don't think it should influence him completely. But it's good to, to hear what the, the people are saying. For sure. Let us eat cake. Exactly. Uh, he said, I mean, Josh is also a guy who was here in 2013. He, he was working in, in the athletic department. Um, he actually was in New Orleans with the women's team, though, for the Final Four weekend. Uh, so he wasn't didn't have memories of being in Atlanta, but still has fond memories, has some relationships with, with the guys who are coming back this weekend. So, again, if you want to check it out, I know Mark posted the uh, the audio uh, over on thecrunchzone.com. You can check out the full interview. But, Josh, I liked the interview. I, I know that. No, I like Josh Hurd already. He's, I do too. He's got me one a little bit. I know that anything short of him coming out and being like, if we don't make the NCAA tournament, I'm going to kill Kenny Payne, is not going to be enough for some people. But Yeah, but that's that's kind of what he's saying. I mean, he's just I mean, he's not saying kill, but he's right. he's saying, listen, I'm not gonna have patience either. I mean, I know what's going on. I mean, you just gotta understand he's just doing it in a more elegant and less threatening way. I mean, because there's nothing to be if you're going to keep Kenny Payne for a year or two, which it, it looks like yeah, you're going to like like financially. I think your hands are tied a little bit. Also, the optics of of getting rid of a well thought of alum 
a year into his tenure and, and not, you know, his, whether it's true or not, people will criticize you for not giving him a chance to coach his players and, and install his culture and all that stuff. So when you've got him here for year two, it does no good for you to be like, if he doesn't win this many games, he's definitely fired or like I'm pissed off and I want to pull the trigger on him. Like you've, you want this to work if you're Josh Hurd. This is your hire. The easiest thing in the world is for the guy that you've hired that you already have a contract with to be the guy who kills it as the head coach. You can, you know, you don't have to worry about another search, another search firm, another you know, fan base being in an uproar, starting from scratch, all that stuff. You want Kenny Payne to succeed, and supporting him publicly is one of the ways that you can make that happen. And, and you, I mean, you heard he kind of did. I mean, that was a he, he did. Bill. It wasn't. You know, he, he's that's what I'm saying. He's been doing this consistently the entire time. Yeah. And I think the last time that he really voiced that public support. They asked Kenny about it at one of the pregame press conferences. I don't remember who we were playing. And Payne was basically like, it meant a lot. Like, it, it meant more than you could know. Like, I, I need that support. I need to hear that. It kind of reassures that I'm you know, doing the right things and that I'm, I'm not, you know, people aren't going to be on my back constantly. But at the same time, Josh is also kind of letting the fans know, like, I'm supporting my guy. I think he can get it done here. I wouldn't have hired him if, if, he, if I didn't. But if it's like this again next year, we're not going to hesitate to get this program back on a track towards winning championship and that's good like the only way it could have been this one one and done is if you'd had like a three a record that we have combined with the antics in the locker room of last year and or like, something big off the court. in 2018 right everybody just gave up and we've lost like five in a row by 30 points and no one's trying someone quits the team i mean it's just it, it, a complete perfect storm of of anarchy uh that would have had to happen it would have taken like a kenny Payne arrest or something. yeah it's not even along that line yeah exactly so, I mean, the fact there were three wins. I mean, you've seen this team show some improvements. You've seen them stay together. You've seen them keep fighting. You know, I'm sure that, you know, again, there will be some departures of the season. But, and with the whole, again, the with if you do let them go, we've talked about this, all you would have would be the ones that were supporting Kenny Payne still through this, right, what they're doing right now would have been like, he, he had the cloud over his head. He had the cloud over his head. Now you give him that one year with that no cloud and that, that, if he's like go up to year two because of a repeat of something like this year, I can't see how even the hardcore pain supporters can can support it. Same, but I, mean, I, I also thought that nobody could support a three and twenty nine season. And here we are. <laughs> I mean, I I thought that there would never be a debate I, I, over a three and twenty. But there are there are there are there are cracks where you can get the excuses in. For sure, they're they're there. I mean, whether you, whether you can say they're they're on his own fault for not getting the guard or not getting even better recruits despite it, you know, quote unquote cloud above the head of. of of uncertainty, then then that's fine. But the still, you can still come with the hardcore pains and be like, "Oh, look, we didn't have any talent. We either got left with the cup, cupboard was empty. Didn't couldn't recruit anybody because of the yeah." You you've heard them all, I'm sure. I have. I can keep bringing them up, which is why, and I'm still surprised. I, I thought <laughs> I mean, Keith made that great tweet a few. He's like, if if he's accomplished nothing else, Kenny Payne has proved once and for all that there's never a unanimous opinion on a season. He's like, I because I mean, yeah. if, if you had asked me at any point in my life, including five months ago that Louisville could have a season where it could win three games or four or however many we win this season, I would have been like 100% of Louisville fans would all be on the same page. We'd have the same opinions. Well, I think last We'd year. We'd be the same like, furious level, and that hasn't been the case. I think I'm not saying that people are like okay with being 3-22, and 22, but there is pushback from some people who are like, we're f- I see progress. We're going to be okay. Like, this is going to – and, like, I just – I never thought that it would be this much of a debate. I think the team last year won, what, 10 more games than this one did? And it, it probably had more unanimous than than, than this one, right? It did. I mean, you pretty much – I don't think really – was many people really clamoring to, to, to get Pagese 
day? I mean, or Mac? No, or Mac? Well, I mean, Mac was already gone in December. So yeah, I that's mean, what, exactly because yeah. people and every it was a universal celebration. I mean, very few players were want brought back. Ex- I mean, the exception being the ones that did come back, Curry and Ellis, for, for, for most part. I mean, I mean, we thought that winning, being the first team left out of the NCAA tournament a year after being a top ten team. And then following that up with being, what were we, like 12 and 10 when he got fired, was like the yeah. worst thing in the world. He had to go. Had, had to get out of here. Yeah, everybody. And now we're 3 and 22 and having debates about and it. And having debates on whether he can stay or not. <laughs> it's, it's surprising <laughs> me. You mentioned, you know, we mentioned like things that could have gotten this Kenny Payne fired, like a huge fight or something like that. Have you seen the DJ Wagner thing? I did. I didn't. I, I, I kind of watched it. I didn't watch it thoroughly, though. Did he get... Did he get involved particularly in it? Oh, he's the guy. He's like the guy who started. Like, oh, he's the one who started it? Like Isaiah, your boy Bradshaw kind of smacks the dude he's guarding in the face like, like with a little of a forearm the guy kind of pushes him bradshaw backs off bradshaw's like whatever i'm done so, I'm, so they're in the silver i guess yeah and then wagner wagner's the guy who charges at the kid and kind of starts the whole brawl okay th- so he's the one acting tough number 21 yeah and this this is the now the second big fight video involving dj wagner in the last what the student just took a player down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it wouldn't be that bad if the, all the fans and playing parents didn't that's, get in. I mean, that's what I thought when I when I first looked at it. I thought that was more of a fans charging and, and going on. But it. they're talking now about how you know Camden High School won the state championship last year. They're trying to defend that, and they're saying they're going to get banned from the postseason. Like th- this brawl is going to wind up costing them a chance to defend their title. And this is on to, this is on that. top of the video from after the AAU tournament this uh, this summer, July, where Wagner. Like trying to be held back by his teammates outside the the gym, and he chart and just throws a haymaker at some dude. You don't really see what happens after that, but he is. I mean, I'm assuming this is the kind of culture that Kenny Payne didn't want. That we said thanks, but no thanks. That's what happened. I mean, in all seriousness, I'm there not, was another video. I saw. I'm, I'm, I'm not here. just saying this as a like rival fan to rivalry. You know, there has been some talk that this kid's kind of like a little bleephead, like ha- has like a little bit of a. Well, you know, I, yeah, I mean, he, to lose is cool the way he did just on getting fouled hard in that game. It tells you that. I'm not sitting here trying to say that I wouldn't love him to be a Louisville Cardinal, wouldn't love him to come here. But, you know, there's been there's been reasons why some of the recruiting people are like, he's really good. I'm not sure that he's going to be the – like, I'm not sure that he's going to be the best fresh-run UK's team next year. I, I can see one of the other guys just being great. They're also supposed to have the really loaded class, too. They're, right? Yeah, they're great. I can see Dillingham being a little bit better. I, I still think Wagner's mentality is – a question mark, but that was yeah another. Maybe Kenny Payne last last. Who knows? Let's take a break. Okay, so his teammate leads the forearm, and then that's Wagner Bradshaw. Lo- yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's we, Bradshaw. Okay, we, people can't see this, so there's no point. You just. I know. Well, I'm sure they've watched the video. I mean, I'm, they're I'm probably sure they unlike have. me. Yeah, I don't know if they have. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, your thoughts on the Thornton sex line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We have an update on Deflate Gate uh, from Virginia as well. And then we can talk about a couple of other things before we get into our 2013 memories. It's Mike Rutherford Show here on Friday. Happy Friday to you on 1450 and 961, the Big X. I came in like a I never hit so hard in love. All I wanted was to break you up. All you ever did was I'm gonna pop 
pop some tags Only got $20 in my pocket I'm hunting, looking for a come up This is King Muscle Now, walk into the club like, what up, I got a big I'm just pumped, I bought some from a thrift shop Ice on the fringe is so damn frosty The people like Big dog from 2013 today Dude, it was pretty queasy, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Wrecking ball thrift shop pretty much gives it away <laughs> Will America? Do you remember what the, like, the theme song of that tournament was? Uh huh. It was actually uh, "Gold on the Ceiling" by Black Keys, which didn't even come out in thirteen. What do you mean the theme of the? Like every time you, like, I don't know. I guess I say the theme because that would be the song I'd hear when they, like CBS or whoever was doing the tournament that year, would come back on the TV and like the the Westwood One would always play that song when they mm. would come back and break. Like every year they use a certain song. I don't think that we as a as a country have recovered from giving Macklemore. The Grammy for Best Album. <laughs> well, first of all, again. What you, were we doing? You do know my thoughts on the Grammys, right? They are a joke anyway. Well, I mean, everybody thinks that, but still, we gave Macklemore. We also the gave one to Billy Vanilli. I mean. But they were like, that was like Best R&B. <laughs> like best we gave Macklemore the the like the best picture of Grammys. And I think Millie look what's happened to artists, us since. Yeah. Look, look what's happened to us in the, in the 10 years that have transpired since. <laughs> Am I bad to say? I mean, I like Surf Shop. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's a it's fun fine, song. It's fine pop music. It should not be like categorized as the best in American music. No, it's it's like, it's like a. I mean, it's like one step from like Weird Al Yankovic to like regular song, right? Kind of. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a, just a joke song. I never really got into the other stuff he did uh, that got popular. I know he had a whole song about the Mariners' like playoff run from 2001 too on that album. It's funny that you were talking about like this the song that defined the run. The, the one that I was thinking of because it was on like every highlight video was that the one uh, "Till the Ceiling Can't Hold Us," which was a Macklemore song. Like I'm yeah, like, that's, that that that, that, was... that that's on when I saw the list of tops. I think that this was like number three in terms of best selling songs of thir- 2013, and that one was like number four. Like I they, that he had three songs in a like lot of videos. 10, yeah. He had that in the, the same love one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and he's been disappeared. That was off the same. He hasn't done anything since, right? Um, I think he had a follow-up album that was well, not. Well, I'm sure a lot of people have yeah, follow-up albums. Well I'm just saying it doesn't mean it's successful. I, mean. Well, I, think he had a, I think he had a couple of like charting songs. Did he? He didn't. I don't think he won any more Grammys. He was on an episode of Dave and was hilarious. That was great. <laughs> I could see that. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> they're both comical artists. I mean. Well, the whole thing is like, Dave, uh, you know, Lil Dicky hates getting compared to Macklemore. He's like, he's like, no, he's like, I should be compared to like, <clears throat> like Kanye and like Little Baby and like the best rappers in the game. And like they're like, yo, you, 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 we're great. He loves you. You like Macklemore. And so he's playing his first show is actually at a funeral for this kid that like loved him. And he's getting <laughs> I don't ready. Know to, why I don't watch today. He's getting ready to go on. And the, the parents are like, so Macklemore showed up. And like, <laughs> like he's like, oh, I see. And they're like, they're like you understand? I mean. It's Macklemore, and like Macklemore, like runs out of stage. He's like thinks Dave's the sound check guy. It's it's very it's very funny. I love the story of, of, of Little Dicky. He was in advertising. Yeah, he, t- he talked about the show. He yeah, the whole story. Yeah, he uh, he did uh, he did I guess he did the advertising for the the pe- NBA playoffs one year. He came up with one of the slogans, and that's how he, I mean, he got a raise for it, and he used all that money to to put in towards making his uh, album. Yeah, there's a whole episode where he oh he does gives okay. the backstory about the the Mountain Dew pitch and and all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good show. It has like, I think very odd their first moments, song was the, which is probably still his best song, which is ex-boyfriend. I like Pillow Talk. That's not bad. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, anyways, welcome back in 502-414-1450 to Thornton Sex Line. We had an update real quickly to the 
deflate game. Virginia fans are very, very interested in this whole the ball was flat story. Did you know they won, right? Yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, just, you know, I don't know if you get to how this works. You don't hear Chiefs fans complaining about how the Eagles got screwed because of the of a bad call because they've still won. Now the loser complains, not the winner. One thing that got brought up that that we didn't mention on yesterday's show and actually had it written down and just glossed over it. Uh, imagine that <laughs> we didn't bring up the fact. Did you think it was weird at the very end of the game? You know, Virginia shooting free throws to put it away. We're we're down by three. There's point seven seconds left. They missed the free throw. JJ Trader just grabs the ball. And just doesn't he doesn't even attempt a shot to tie to potentially tie the game? I I I can't believe we didn't talk about it on yesterday's show. It was very very strange. So, what what point? You know, what? The very end of the game. So was, we were down by three. Yeah. Virginia shooting free throws. There's 0.7 seconds left. Virginia misses the free throw. We have a chance to theoretically grab the ball, throw it the length of the oh, court. Oh, I didn't even realize it yeah, either. Yeah. And tie the I game. thought there was. I didn't even. I didn't realize they had time. I thought it was only 0.1. Point seven seconds left. Oh, I thought it was point one. I guess it's right. Trainer just grabs the ball and like he, I think LLS like looks at him and is like, "What the hell, man!" Like, like kind of like I mean, yells at him a little bit. I didn't even realize it. I guess the fact that the way that the game got down to that point, I just kind of already. The fans like you out. could tell everybody was like, well, "What the hell was that?" Like this is all very strange. But the um, the writer for the Richmond Post Dispatch, Mike Mike Barber, he points out like he he does. He's like, "It's an odd play," but he was saying. I wonder if it was because the ball was so flat. If you go back and watch the ball, like bounce, and like it like doesn't bounce up. Like trainer has to like bend down and kind of pick it up, and then he just hands it to the ref, and that's it. So he tells a story. Apparently, after the game was over, he notices that Kia Clark was talking to Tony Bennett about the ball being flat, and so the radio announcer John Freeman, he goes over and he grabs the ball. And I guess he has a tire gauge in his pocket or his bag or something. I don't know who carries around a tire. Is he the guy who gave his wife a tire gauge for Valentine's Day? Maybe. Do you remember we got well, that, that text? Was, that was a that was a, a yeah the wife who told us to give us a text. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's this guy. She's like my husband gave me a tire gauge. Maybe it is. I don't know who carries that around. Maybe that's part of the Virginia code of ethics. Who knows? I thought he was just happy to see me. But they had one, and so NBA basketballs have to be inflated between 7.5 and 8.5 PSI. NCA rules, they're based on weight. You have to have a maximum weight of 22 ounces. There's no minimum, I guess. So he says, I the ball was just sitting there. I asked if I could pick it up. It was definitely super flat. The UofL workers at the, at the t- scorer's table were surprised. They had a gauge that they keep, and they put it, and it was 2.8 PSI, which is insanely underinflated. So his theory is kind of like it started leaking air at the end of the game, and then by the time he went and grabbed it, it was like 20 minutes after the game, and it was that, that's how flat it had gotten. But it was clearly at the end of the game, very flat. I don't know why Virginia is like obsessed with this. Like, you, go check out the. I wonder who shot and flattened the ball. Who bricked the shot that popped a hole in the ball? I mean, ball? had to have been trainer. Let's be real. <laughs> Flattest shot in America. I mean, <laughs> but like every social media post that the U of L basketball account has posted the last three days or so, uh, I guess the last day since the game. On Instagram, Twitter, like there's all these these Virginia fans are like, you guys are cheating, deflating the ball. I'm like, how does that exactly work in your mind? Like, tell me exactly how we benefited from a, this ball being flat at the end of the game. But deflate gate continues. If you want to take away our our all of our wins from this season, so be it. If you want to vacate the records, <laughs> come after us. If you want to ban us from the postseason, sure. But just know that you owe us one after this. That's all I'm saying. If you want to take away our wins, fine. Take away our wins. Take away the losses, too. Take away the win. Take away everything. Oh, we're pluralizing it now? <laughs> We've got three. Uh, 502-414-1450. By the way, a quick update from Jim Patterson Stadium. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, Jeff Brom's in attendance over there. He's a man of the people. He's there. He's at season opener for Louisville baseball. So he's even through the first pitch out. Peyton Stevens threw the first pitch. He did. Yeah. It's a it's a cardinal affair out there at Jim Patterson. Uh, through three, uh, two and a half innings, I should say, Louisville and Bucknell tied at zero. Ryan Hawks, the day one starter for U of L, has K'd four through uh, through three innings. Cards need to get the offense going, but zero zero right now. And again, all the action on 970 WGTK, including tomorrow and Sunday, where first pitch will be scheduled for 1 p.m. All right, uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. I'll take a couple thoughts from you guys, then we can shift the conversation to 2013 in the second hour. Texter says... It's good living in the present and back to the past. I'm all about the past. This is, this is a, a 2013 show today. Texter says, I like Josh Hurd. I'll be at the game tomorrow, at least until halftime. There's no way in hell that he thinks KP can take us to the top. He's just trying to survive this bad decision for one more year. Whether he feels... Like it or not, he still deserves a second season probably at this point. I mean, I think he has. You have to have hope. Exactly. The thing that that you and I we had this discussion. I mean, a year ago when we were talking about the coaching surge. If this thing it does wind up being a total flop, let's say next year is just barely better than this year, and you you cut ties, you're oddly in a better position to hire a big time head coach than you were in the spring of 2022. Who wouldn't want to come into a program like Louisville that has all these built-in advantages? And I, and I say who wouldn't. I know some coaches wouldn't. But I think you have – it's a more attractive destination to come into a place that, one, is no longer under any sort of NCAA cloud. Nope. Two, you can come to Louisville, and in year one, if you take over a program that's won, like, let's say, 15 combined games in two years and hasn't been to the NCAA tournament since 2019 – and you go to that tournament in the first year, you're God in a place that cares about college basketball as much as any other in the country. Yeah. That would be, I mean, if I'm an up-and-coming coach or an established coach who's just looking for something new, maybe at a, a slightly step-up program, be entertaining for me. And we still have money. We're still going to give you money. Oh, yeah. You'll get paid. You'll get, you'll, as, as, as Herd has said, you will get all the resources at your disposal. We're gonna, yeah, you're going to have no excuse not to yeah. win. Texas said, I was upset when people wanted Matt gone just a year after his top 10 team. It's unfathomable to me now that people are justifying 3-23 and 23 today. It just seems like KP has broken people's minds. Well, I think Matt kind of wanted gone, too, after the, the way we handled the second, after the second year with everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, I think that was mutual at some point. But he's just, he's just saying that he was upset with all the people that wanted Matt gone. Yeah. Well, Texas says, Mike... Didn't you know that Trevor was in Mensa and on his way to graduating early? That's why he was in eighth grade in 88 until he got hit in the head with a nunchuck and fell off a skateboard. <laughs> he was the original David Balligan until Mario came over to his birthday. <laughs> I miss Mario. I grabbed that kid, I wonder. <laughs> Texas, I thought Everybody Talks was the song that played during the 2013 tournament. That was the commercial. That was the commercial in the band. Started yes. with a whisper. Yeah, that, that he's right. We talked about that, too. No, I just remember, I remember Golden Stealing being played on the broadcast. I remember during our 05 run, there was that uh, Pepsi commercial like that was just like the starry-eyed surprise. She's like on roller skates. It played like every single break. That's all I remember from that 2005 run. Uh-huh. Oh, my starry-eyed surprise. Dance all night. Dance all night to this DJ. I remember the song now. I don't remember that. I was well, I was, I was pretty hammered during most of that 05 run. Hey, you were off the grid. <laughs> the Illinois game to this day, I, I've never watched it since the, day I, the night it happened. I was 
Oh, I hated it. Well, and I think I've told you I went and saw the Reds and Blue Jays in an exhibition baseball game at Slugger Field that afternoon. <sighs> it was like they had like a new game. So I was in the outfield just hammered drunk, just giving Adam Dunn every bit of the business I could. I don't know why. I just wanted to, I just wanted to give him because <laughs> he was standing in front of me in the outfield. I just wanted to give him crap. I'm sure he appreciates that. I'm sure he, <laughs> he still remembers it. He's nice to know, like, exhibition game here in the Bleep and bleep. <laughs> Texas, I don't believe that Mac Moore views himself as a joke rapper like Trevor is saying. I don't either. No, I said, well, first of all, he's not. Is he really a rapper, technically? Yes. Really? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? He's a singer? I mean, musician, I guess. I don't know. Is there he raps. A difference? Yeah, yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> Texas, I tried watching Dave. The milking table was a bridge too far. Oh, if that if that was a bridge too far for you, there's an episode in season two that would definitely have been 18 bridges. Oh, too I'm far. sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure the Dave show hits the boundaries of. I think it's the second three. episode in season two where even like I was like, okay, this is this is too much. But the rest of the season is great. You just got to get through. I mean, his first number music video he did has an animated. Rapping penis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's nothing compared to the show. I've done surprise me. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. out there. Texas originally uh, last night in, in the game on Wednesday, there was 0.1 seconds left. I wonder if they didn't know that they changed it. Oh, so, so there were, okay. So I did see that, right? They must've added time. They did. And they announced it. I, and like, I, I guess I saw when I saw 0.1, I just, you and trainer, I, apparently. I went out. Yeah. I checked out. I mean, I, I, cause I knew even at 0.7, I mean, like you said, you're throwing a, Touchdown pass prayer anyway. I mean, Still, but I mean, you take the shot. You know, I agree. It's I either agree. you you have a point oh one percent chance of winning or a zero point zero 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 percent chance of winning. So you try, and we just didn't I, even try. You know, I was behind, so I, was, I probably just fast. I probably just turned it off. I don't think I even. Yeah, I don't think I, I even tried to watch that. Texas says at the end of the day, it's unacceptable to miss the tournament at Louisville, and we are way beyond that just now. I agree. I mean. Jason, I remember that Can't Hold Us by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis was the, yeah, that's that was the big one for me, too. They're Did Ryan Lewis go solo? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, she also says, nope, the tire gauge dude is not my tire gauge dude. <laughs> There's two of them out there? <laughs> we got tire gauge dudes. People, dudes love tire gauges. I don't even know if I've ever owned a tire gauge alone carried around in my pocket. I've got one. I don't know if I've ever used it, but. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like in the middle uh, cylinder, like everyone needs to throw it? No, I've got one of those, like like bags with like a bunch of like little tools like that in my trunk but like the tire gauge now your, your car checks it automatically for you yeah i was gonna yeah. say the light comes on yeah so you you know oh we got our first home run of the year for the cards nice who two run bomb not sure who's hitting because i can't hear i've are you watching the game over there no i got the highlights on social media it was a bomb though bat flip cards up two nothing now in the bottom of the third over bucknell uh, isaac humphrey two run bomb nice. gorgeous Again, 970. Our Isaac Humphreys is better than UK's. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's not Humphreys. It's Humphrey. That's why he's better. He's he's definitely better. That's why, that's why he's the better version. He's definitely better. Uh, we'll get fully into the, the 2013 talk in, in hour number two, but did you see the the banner that is up? What? The, the, the one I've seen it, right? The coach's poll? What? You're talking about the one they're hanging tomorrow? No, the one that, that oh. they they hung today. No, at, I didn't see it, I guess. Yeah, new mayor Craig Greenberg at Metro Hall hung like a full, full on, it looks like just like the one that they had up inside the KFCM Center, 2013 NCAA champion banner. Where at? Right in front of Metro Hall. <laughs> like, cannot miss it. <laughs> Go get the vault. You already won, dude. I like it. It's a. Yeah? 
Yeah, they did the whole thing. They like they, they unfurled they it. They got NCAA. They brought it down, and he, I guess, tweeted afterwards that let it be proclaimed that we are and always will be the national champions. I like it. Like you're right, he already won. But if you want to drum up some some cheap enthusiasm for yourself, some cheap good goodwill, this is a way to do that. I think we should, if we're going to do that, if we're going to hang it somewhere randomly, just don't do it there. I say we do it at the airport where everyone coming and leaving the city will know. I want banners everywhere. That's, yeah. Everywhere. All like, well, like when we won like the Fiesta Bowl, you couldn't go anywhere downtown without seeing the little thing on the pole. You know, it says like Fiesta Bowl champions, Louisville Cardinals. And yada, 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 yada. Anytime you do something like that, yeah, we should have banners on every street corner, every pole, every building. I'm good with it. It should be on the bottom of the screen on all local television broadcasts. Instead of a, instead of a, instead of a uh, illegal ID, we should just announce that we were the 2013 champions at the top of every hour. Yeah, I'm good with that. Greenberg's uh, full tweet said, the 10th anniversary of the 2013 NCAA Men's Basketball Championship is approaching in honor of the team, university fans, and the city of Louisville. Let it be proclaimed that we are and always will be the national champions. The banner will hang all weekend. Come by Metro Hall for a pick. Let it be proclaimed. <laughs> He's a mayor. He made, he made I know. It's just, I don't know why. It's, it's, it's a sweeping proclamation. Here we are. Here he, here he. As of today, take a big scroll when he's reading it. I don't think it's nearly as funny as you do. I know. I guess I'm the only one. Someone uh, else is laughing though. I don't know. It was a. It's a cool thing. I'm glad that we yes. have the banner up there. Let's have put a million up there. Why not? Let's celebrate it. Suck at NCA. Get bent. We hate you. Die. Thank <laughs> you. He's like, they're your Carl Sheppers. The NCA? Yeah. Yes. I've got more of a, I think I've got more reason to have beef with the NCA than you have with Carl Sheppers. I don't know. I did kind of wish his children to be drug addicts. Yeah, but that's a you thing. The NCA has been far more cruel to us over many, many years than I think Carl has been to the the Eagles. It was one call. You can get over it. The NCA has ruined my life. They've ruined all of With one call? No, with several calls. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> With the continuing to be the NCA for years and years and years. Um, again, second hour, we'll, we'll turn to 2013, but I, a couple quick notes to get to to end this also, hour. something else. There's a Hall of Famer that's kind of making me angry a little bit. Fred McGriff? Why he Because he's not wearing a hat? Why is he not going in as a Blue Jay? Why is he not going in as a Brave? He's a Blue Jay. He won the MVP with Toronto. I think people, most people remember him more as a Brave. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I guess, but... If anything, then didn't they put him on a Padre home? Because that's, I mean, Brett McGriff won us our World Series by allowing us to obtain Joe Carter. And he Bert needs Alamo. to be wearing the Tom Amansky instructional video hat. Nah, that's he, what needs to be happening. That's the, it's an obvious joke, but it needs to happen. It's, he's, he's not the first to go in with no logo, right? No. I, I There have been some reason I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But I know, I can't remember who, it was somebody who was a pitcher who like played for the Braves recently. He went in with no logo. Huh. John Rocker? <laughs> no. But Scott Rowland's going in as the Cardinal. Saw that. Yeah, saw that. I, I, I like Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland was a uh, – oh, that's crazy. The two players that were very instrumental in Toronto's success because we traded them. Fred McGriff trading to the Padres, which brought us Alomar and Carter, and Scott Rowland, which brought us Edwin and Carcion, which helped us in our little – our back-to-back ALC East championships. Yeah. Uh, Tony LaRusso went in with no logo, no team. Yeah, but he's a manager. And Greg Maddox. Ooh, really? Yeah, that was the one that I was thinking of. Wouldn't go in as a Cub or a Brave. I mean, I know he won the Cy Young with the Cubs one year, but he was, I mean, I would think Brave, right? I would think Brave more, but he, I mean, he played 11 in Atlanta and 10 seasons in Chicago. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I love Greg Max. He's the best pitcher oh, in the 90s. Oh, my God. I love him. Um, but that's, yeah, that's interesting. The quick note that I wanted to get to, yeah. the South Florida Sun Sentinel, they asked 
so Miami football has hired new coordinators, new staff that, that they're feeling good about themselves. And so the, the South Florida Sun Sentinel, they went to the top recruits in the area and they wanted to get quick reaction from all of them about the staff that was just hired. TJ Capers, who's the highest rated player in the area, committed to Louisville, five-star defensive end. He was asking, you know, what's, what's your reaction? Responded, best of luck to them. Go Cards. I love it. It's succinct. It was the shortest answer of anybody in the story. And, I'll, you know, he's just like, cool. Why are you asking me about this? Go Cards. I love TJ Capers like already. I love him. I love him. He's great. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hour, we're going to shift the conversation to the 2013 season and share some memories. Let's go down memory lane. Your thoughts that still stick out 10 years later from not just the, the, the final four week in Atlanta, but the entire season, your memories. Uh, has it been tainted at all by what's happened since? We're going to share ours, then we're going to hear from you. It's coming up here in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961, the Big X. Oh, I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. like very anti-apple forever apple products yeah okay I was like there's uh there it's skynet coming to take us over i'm not getting okay. apple so uh i fought in my first venture into the the sweet nectar poison it is the apple community was an iphone that i had to get because my blackberry well it was like leaving off glasses of shard every time i'd use it my thumb and i was starting to lose feeling in my thumb and well, you know, I had to get something new. The razor just wasn't hacking it, it was like I was getting exchange, like shards of glass every time. In my th- like it, was, it was going numb for, for moments at a time. Well, not a good thing. So anyway, I get an iPhone. So I get an iPhone. And I, I, the first song I actually ever bought on iTunes, before you could just pay $9.99 for Unlimited, <laughs> you bought this song was Blurred Lines. <laughs> Jesus. I can't, first of all, Perrin convinced me to do it. I was doing a show with him at the time, and he's like, he's like, this is a jam, you should listen to it. I'm like, okay, and I'm like, this song is catchy, it's fun. I liked it. Uh, and also, still 10 years later, if you're listening, Mr. David Yates, it's a one-hit wonder. Yeah, Robin Thicke? Yes. Yeah, he didn't do anything after this. I think he's broke, too. I think I saw that. That's not good. His dad passed away years ago, right, Alan? Yes. Yeah. That's thought. But we have breaking news that, Concerns our own TJ Walker, the card stalker slash sports stalker. Oh, uh, what is he? What is Mitch Barnhart hasn't made an announcement. I saw, oh, I did see this. Yes. They will begin selling alcoholic beverages uh, uh, at UK baseball uh, and softball home games during the upcoming seasons. The place where they need to get attendance up to begin with. <laughs> the plebes who, who attend football games. Yes. Now, now, they, now, they still can't handle their booze. The, the poor people, the rich That's ones. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. The, yeah the, the, the serfs who are going to UK football games but can't go to suites, those heathens can't, you can't trust them to have two or three beers. Oh, no, 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 no. They can't they'll af- set the place on fire. They can't afford a driver like the rich people can. They'll set the place on fire. They'll kill people. Yeah. The whole program's dead. Yeah. It's over. Anarchy. 
Uh, update from Jim Patterson. Cards leading Bucknell in the fourth inning by a score of 4 to nothing. Ryan Hawks is dealing as the Louisville baseball team kicks off its 2023 season. So All good so far. Now, and Cardinal 9 doing what they do. So, yes. So, the, so what are we? I wonder how much the alcohol is going to be. Are we talking about just beer only, beer and liquor? I'm curious on, on how much the floodgates have been opened for the the, the wonderful community that follows UK bat football or even baseball and softball. What do you mean? I, I was. Are we just going to be selling beer? I mean, what is it going to be liquor and beer? I wonder how much they're going to cost. I don't know. I assume. Like, I mean, he's only had like three years to prepare for this. <laughs> Still taking him by surprise, apparently. It's the belay moves faster. Yeah, well, props to D.J. Walker. It's a step in the right direction for UK, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could have been worse. It could have started with the rifling events. <laughs> Rifle fans can't handle their booze. <laughs> Shoot a beer can off people's head. <laughs> you won a national title. What's the worst thing that happened, right? Let's talk about uh, 2013 now, because uh, the celebration yeah. is going to happen tomorrow. It's kind of been already going on. We talked about the... The mayor hanging a banner on Metro Hall. We talked about, you know, other players from that team are already back in town. Peyton C was throwing out the first pitch of the baseball yep. game today. It's the memories have already been flying around. But I'll start with this. It still is wild to me. I know everybody does this thing, and you always hear it growing up. And if we have kids in their twenties listening to the show, first of all, God love you. But when you get older, it is amazing how fast time goes. Like uh, I'm blown away that this was ten years ago. I'm blown away. Like, it, it, yeah, it. It is. It's. It was. It was long. It seems like yesterday, but yet a long. It was a time when I was probably about sixty pounds lighter, had brown in my beard, and you had hair on your head. Yeah, not that much, but still. But still more. Yeah, at that time, <laughs> more. It was a. It was a lovely time to be alive. But my to start the conversation, my most prominent memory from that run was, and I've never felt this way about any other Louisville team. There have been teams that I've known have had like shots to make runs in the NCAA tournament or that I thought were on the short list of teams that could win a national title. Certainly 09 comes to mind when we made the, the run to the final four in 05. Yeah. I thought we had a fighting chance, but from the first game of that season in November to the last game, I had this just overwhelming sense of like, it's going to happen. Like this is going to be the year. And I remember thinking even during the three game losing streak in January, I I was like, we're okay. And this, it's very unlike me. Like typically when we have a three game losing streak in any season, I'm kind of looking at this is what's wrong here. Something's got to get fixed. And with those three games, the way that we played, they were all kind of explainable. And even after the, as frustrating as the five overtime loss against Notre Dame was, I still, I was in South Bend. I left thinking like, we're, we're good. We're, we're okay. And to see it actually come to fruition, to see it actually happen was, it was just the best, man. It was just like that. But that whole year, I never really wavered in thinking that we were the best team in the country and that when push came to shove, we were going to get the job done. And I've never felt like that before or since. No, you're right. It's funny to say because like, I think 09 and, and, and 13 are the only years I've gone into with the expectation of anything short of a national title is a bust. Like, I mean, 08, 08 I, you know, there's, they're you know, 05, 08, you know, 14, not as much 12 because that can't came out a little nowhere. But, you know, other years, there's like, you know, we got a shot. We can go there. Final four, you know, we got a final four run in us. We can maybe win that stuff. Like going into the 13 season and in the 09 season, which is fall short, unfortunately, like that doesn't, there's, we're the best team in the country. I mean, I remember 13, weirdly enough, I remember still sitting beginning the season talking to a guy who's doing a show across from us now at, at the old Big X studio in the coffee. Like there's, there's only two teams that I like really 
that, that I worry about. And it was IU and Michigan. Like those, and I know IU sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but I, they knew they could score. I mean, I knew I, they had a really good college basketball team complete, as did Michigan and we did. <laughs> and I was like, like the whole time, I'm like, those are just two teams I don't want to play in the tournament. I don't want to see them in the tournament. Of course, we ended up playing Michigan in a, a very tough game, but uh, that's the yeah, that's that that team. I mean, it was just a perfect college basketball team. I mean, it is. It also was the end of an era of, of a time when you could be more physical defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was we've seen that. You know, that was the beginning of them doing more of the free freedom of movement, hand checking, you know, you know, getting people used to you can't you can't be as handsy as you could back, you know, even ten years ago. And that team was just built perfectly with a just a upperclassman backcourt that was just great defensively, on ball two as good on ball defenders individually as you're gonna find anywhere in the country. You had, you know, Dang who was just a great anchor behind them to allow you to be such a physical defense in the up front. And be able to shot block as well as his ability to knock down open jump shots and free up the lanes on the offense. Hancock shooting off the bench, flag shirts, yeah. slash. I mean, just the team was a perfect. There, there was not a, a crack anywhere in the armor. Yeah, Go, going back team. to what you were saying before, like '09, I, I, I loved the team and I thought that they had a good shot. But the thing that stood out to me, the difference between them, at least when we got to March and the 2013 team for me, I remember in '09 thinking if we play North Carolina. We're going to have our work cut out. Last I felt no way. And if we play UConn, who had come into the Freedom Hall on Big Monday and destroyed us, like, we're going to have our work cut out. Like, we need somebody to beat those two teams for us to have a shot. In 2013, I was like, like you said, you were Indiana and Michigan kind of set out to you. I was like, bring on anybody. A- anybody that we play, there's not one team that I feel like we match up poorly against. I think whoever we play, like, we may lose, but we're going to be the better team. It's just going to take them being above their minds, out of their minds, and we're going to have to have an off game. Like, there was not – I didn't care about the draw. I thought I thought it was crappy that we got Duke, who was seen as the best two seed in our bracket despite being the number one overall seed. But I still was like, bring them on. Like, like we're going to be fine. We're the best team. We may not win it all. I think we're going to win it all. But we are the best team. In 09, even though we were still the number one overall seed, I still did not like – I thought – we weren't the favorite. Going well, into I thought going. I mean, going into this, not just going into March. I mean, at the beginning of the year. Right. See, I didn't have that feeling. Like, because 08, I knew. I mean, like 08, I loved that team. I mean, I wanted, especially with Pageant being a senior, but I knew the Carolina. Like going out of out of 08, no, going into 09. I mean, we've got you know, Sosin Smith are juniors now. They're they're upper you know upperclassmen. You know, you've got Clark as we we senior Williams a senior. We had more experience. You added in you know Samardo Samuels that freshman. I was that's how excited I was about that team and. You know, I, that's why I thought that team was also, you know, should be a national champion. And, you know, they, maybe they should have been. You never know. But those are the only two years I've really gone into a season with, like, this is title or bust. Like, anything short of this, I'm going to be disappointed in. One of the cool early moments in, in 2013, the moments that stick out to me, because the non-conference schedule, it was – it wasn't the toughest we've ever played. No. Well, we just, who was the team would be, like, 50? We beat – I mean, we beat a few teams by a lot. There's one team I remember we beat by like 15 early in the season. We beat UMKC by a lot. We beat uh, Miami, Ohio by a lot. We beat a lot of teams I think by it a was lot. Miami, Ohio, if I'm thinking of. But so we, we played basically three nobodies. Then we go to yeah, the Bahamas. We go to the Bahamas for the battle for Atlantis. Yeah. And we actually, we probably, we played on Thanksgiving night. We played Northern Ireland. Oh, yep, I remember the game vividly. And we probably, to make the argument, we should have lost. Like, mm-hmm. we got a couple of really favorable calls. And I think we're all sort of like, huh, like, have we just played nobody are we that good do we need a wake-up call the next time we played a missouri team that wound up being an eight seed in the tournament we almost played them in the second round and but was top 10 at the time we thought they were going to be really good they brought back a lot of guys and just blew them out 
blew him out, but we lose Gorgie. And the first like major memory to me that kind of like was a defining moment for this 2013 team. So we played Duke without Gorgie in the championship game. We lose, but it's hard fought. And I remember the looks on Siva's and Russ's face when they're walking off the floor. And I was just like, these dudes aren't going to lose another tournament game. Like they had, they just had this look where it was, you know, we talk so much about this team now and even some recent teams when they lose, it's still, it's, it's all like, you know, kind of laughing, like, I'm kind of upset, but like, blah, blah, blah. Like they looked like they had just had their, 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 not like their hearts had been ripped out because there's still more season to play. It wasn't like an NCAA tournament loss where it's all, this is the end of the world. It was like this, I can't believe we effing lost to these guys. It ain't happening again. Yeah. And I remember Krzyzewski stops them in the handshake line and says, like one of the biggest compliments a college basketball coach can pay to players, he goes, you guys are mother bleepers. Like, like you just do not stop, do not relent. And they weren't having it. They were kind of like, thank you, but like furious. And that was the, the, a moment where I was like, these dudes ain't going to lose in March. Like, like they, just, they just had that air about them, even after a loss to a really, really good Duke team. And sure enough, we played them again four months later, beat them by 18. Boom. Yeah, it was Miami High would be about 61. Yeah. Oh, 61. <laughs> 80 to 39. I knew there, I remember there was like a. Well, that's not 61 points. That's that's 41. Oh, 41. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we would have scored more if they we, we pulled their starters out. Probably. There you go. Uh, yeah, the Iowa State one on Thanksgiving Day. I always I always remember it well. Oh, watching the game over at the family's house, the Duke one being upset that we lost the game because I just hate losing to Duke in general. Uh, the flash forward a little bit. The, the, the one of the other memories, other than going to almost all the tournament games in March, other than the first round game, was that I watching the Big East tournament in the hospital. I had my I had my gallbladder surgery during the oh, Big East tournament, oh. and so I had to go to the hospital like the day before the tournament. And like I had my surgery, I want to say like the, it was who we beat in the second game. That was no, UConn. no name. Notre Dame, because that was that was when we were playing Notre Dame in the semifinals for like five straight years and beat them every year. Yeah, and I, I had my surgery like that morning, so I was kind of like drowsy still for that game. But and obviously watching, you know, the Syracuse and you know Russ dominating uh, the first couple games, and then and Montrez just blowing up on Syracuse in the Big East championship yeah. game. But that's how I kind of always remember the Big East, that Big East tournament is watching all three games in the uh, in the hospital room at Baptist East, which uh, and also just really hungry because they made me. They had to starve me for like four days before my surgery. Yeah, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the biggest yeah. tournament. That, that's, I mean, well, that obviously sticks out the most other than, you know, the, the, the losing we'll stay with the non-conference here for, yeah. for a second. We're, we're working our way through the season. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm you're good. I didn't know we were going in chronological order. We're, we're, doing... we're, we're sharing memories from early in the season. Everyone Pulp Fiction style. No, we're not, we're not all <laughs> over the place. The non-conference schedule, as I mentioned, like it wasn't great. I remember the Memphis game a little bit. I also remember that was like one of the most hungover I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. That was the year before, because that was. I was a Africa. We played at Memphis. Actually. We played at Memphis. Yeah, and it was kind of a. They were good, but not great. It was. It was a whatever game, kind of like the Kentucky game, which also. I mean, it was an annoying game because it felt like it was closer than it should have been. I liked the you know the Shane kiss was great at the mm. end, but we didn't play great. That is to this day still the only UK UL game I've been to in person that were UL won. Really, and that that and and that was the. Sadly, the iPad, my iPad, which I still have, which I've got a couple years before that, that is still the screen, the background shot of uh, the kiss. No, of the scoreboard. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, the, okay. I, I had this, I had my iPad with me, and I, you know, I took the uh, picture of the scoreboard, and that's still to this day the uh, background on my uh, my iPad. 
But it's still, yeah, I've been, I've been to three U of L UK games, basketball only, and Louisville. one was the, the Harrelson game, and the other was the 12 Final Four. I was at both those. I was not yeah. at this one. I actually got a last-second request for, like, really, really good tickets. I've been sick that week, and I felt bad about, like, leaving my girlfriend who was been taking care of me like, came over to help. I was like, Not ah. the wife, no. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, conference play starts. Louisville rolls its first four games. Yeah. Like, just pummels everybody. And you're thinking, okay, this is the team that we thought they were going. We get to number one in the country for the first time ever in the AP poll. Had, for all the accomplishments of this program, had never been number one in an AP poll ever. Because, again, the AP does not do a postseason poll. So, we get to number one. We promptly lose at home to Syracuse. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I game. do remember, yeah. Michael Carter-Williams gets the late steal, crams, and... It sucked. Like, that one hurt, but Syracuse was also really good. I can't remember where I was. I watched that game in a hotel room. I forget why I was out of town, too. I remember that game because it's funny. Like, so I was just about to get back with Mary at this point. Like, Mary and I get back together, like, during the season. Okay. And, like, we were kind of, we kind of had started talking. We both had been in relationships before, like, had broken up. And now we're, like, kind of, kind of talking. And I remember, like, we're just starting the process of getting back together and we probably lose to Syracuse. And I was like, is this a sign? I was like, is this, is this the wrong thing? Should this not be happening? This can't be. And then we lose three games in a row. Wow. The amazing how your different your life could have been if you. If I just been like, this is a curse. This is, this is all. Yeah. The universe is telling me, no, not again. Don't do this. Is this, is it should be thankful that we pulled off the Pittsburgh win? Uh, yeah. At that point, which was, that was a gross game too. Yeah, so we lose to Syracuse. We lose to Villanova, who at that time, like Villanova ended up making the NCAA tournament kind of comfortably. But at that time, they were seen as like a really bad team. Like they were a, a team that was out of the tournament. They, I think, they may have had a losing record in conference play, and we lost that game by nine. Every, that was when people started pressing the panic button a little bit. And then we go to Georgetown, who was very good, and lose a close game to them. And people are flipping out. And I remember that night. So it was, it was a Saturday, and yeah, at this point, like Mary and I were we're back together. And so we go out. We have drinks with Danny, who do the podcast with, and his wife, and then another another couple friends. And I remember, like, we get kind of drunk. We go back. Mary's house-sitting for somebody, and we're staying at their house. And I get, like, a buzz on my phone at, like, 2 a.m., and it's just piss-drunk Danny. And he's like, I don't even care. We're still winning the national title. And I was like, I know we are. I was just saying the same thing. Like, we still had that much faith after that three-game losing streak. Danny I remember, also believed in the Reds last year, too. But... Well, Danny always believes in the Reds. But with U of O basketball, he's usually more pessimistic. But he was okay. very optimistic in this moment. And I was, too, like, which is very But, like, we both were just, like, it's still going to happen. I remember that. And, like, we turn around. We have the big Monday game where we just we, we beat Pitt. It's a little bit of an ugly game, but they were a good team. We win. And then we get going again. You beat Marquette. You beat Rutgers. And then the Notre Dame game happens. And it's another little wrench thrown in there. And, I mean, I was I was there. I've told the story a million times. I didn't get to go. It's it, You should be lucky. It, it was not fun. It was not great. It was, That's a weird story to that. I'll let you do yours, and I'll tell you what I was doing that night. All right, go ahead. I was babysitting. Okay, for, for, that is not what I expected to hear. For, for saying, for saying, his wife, they were like, "We're gonna go out to dinner." Do you mind? I, I was like, "Yeah, I'll, you know, you all go out. I'll, I'm gonna watch the game." I mean, it was, you know, ten at the time, which is it was basically, you know, make sure he doesn't burn down the house. You know, he's he's a teenage, he's a kid, he's gonna watch TV in his room. So I'm like, I'm gonna watch the Bell game. I just remember them going out, and they get back, and I think it was still like maybe into regulation, near regulation. Long story short, I understand the night they went to bed, they went out to dinner, come home. Hang out and then go to bed before the game even ends. Oh man! Because it was, I think, wasn't it like it was after one? Wasn't it was it? real late. Yeah, real late. But that's that's how I ended up watching the game in the in the, the kind of the, the back room of his house. 
I just remember we had been most of the night. <laughs> we had been. My buddies had gone up there the night before and stayed at the hotel. I I drove up Saturday morning because I had to do work, college basketball stuff, and drove up. We started drinking at the bar. We watched uh, Ben Brust hit a half court shot for Wisconsin to beat Michigan early in the day. Nice. And like so that's how the day. So we just, we drank all day, and then we brought in like a couple of water bottles of of Bucket. bourbon, like it was oh. like it was still college. Like we're still in college. We're you know five years removed from college at this point, and. Like we're drinking it through the game, passing it around, doing the old I didn't like even start in college. Yeah, yeah doing, <laughs> 2013 you had. What's that? 2013 you had. I've been at JCC. Yeah, I thought you'd gone to Western. I mean, I didn't go to Western until 14 or 2000. Uh, oh no, you're right. 2013. Yeah, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Brain fart. You you were out. Yeah, you you were done. Your education yeah. was over at this point. I was working in radio. Yeah, I don't have no idea. So was my. But like by the time the game gets to like the third overtime, we are we are all just like. We're so sober right now. We're stone cold. It's like any lingering effects from the alcohol had worn off. We're just pissed. Even like the Notre Dame, because we had controlled that game so much. There were a couple of Notre Dame fans behind us. They're like, will you guys just go ahead and end this? Will you just go ahead and beat us? And we lose. Well, what were we up in regulation? When were we up like eight or something? We were up like eight in the final minute, and Jaron Grant just went yeah, and hit berserk. Shots. Yeah. Hit crazy shots. We committed a couple fouls. Also, I'll never forget the, I'll never forgive the Notre Dame student section for chanting USA at Gorgie. I was like, Oh, no, I was like, now you've gone really? too far. Yeah. You can, yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. Uh, I was like, I'll, I'll never forgive you. And I, I have not. I'll, I'll never cheer for Notre Dame basketball. I love Bray. I love some of the players, but the students, no, you went you, bridge too far. But we leave the game. Convicts versus Catholics all over again. Yeah. Except they're the convicts in this case. <laughs> we, we go to like the nearest bar. It's all U of L fans. You'd think court storming, five overtime. You beat a top 10 team on, on the college game day, game of the week. You think Notre Dame students would be going nuts? Oh, no, they're huge losers. A lot of losers up there. Nobody's going to the bars except for Luke Herringody, who rolls in with the worst <laughs> NBA uh, like entourage I've ever seen in my entire life. The only NBA entourage that I felt confident that my friends could kick his friend's ass. Like I was like, if we start a fight, I kind of like... I don't know if you. Luke Herringody would probably whoop you, dude. No, me. But oh. I'm saying my friends oh, could beat yeah, up his friends. friends. I got you. Yeah, no, Luke Heron Gody would break me out in half over his I was like, thing. Yeah. I am not <laughs> claiming that I could beat up Luke Heron Gody. It's but like, it's like Gunther from wrestling. If like we stood on the sidelines in separate boxes and then his friends went at it with my friends, I kind of had I think my friends would have a good shot. Like he had the worst entourage I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, he's Luke Heron Gody. Exactly. He's wearing some <laughs> weird sort of knit cap. It was it was the whole thing. I was like Geek. Get Goaty out of here. They go into like a private room. Like, are you too good for the 80 UL fans that are in this crappy bar? Uh, so that sucked. That, that can't be that many bars in South Bend that were still low. I mean, available options, right? I mean, I've been to South Bend. Why you I think would... there'd be a lot of Notre Dame fans there? Yeah. And there were not. <laughs> I guess they were drinking at the dorm, maybe. I don't know. Now, the story after that game is always gone, and multiple players have repeated it. Patino goes into the locker room afterwards, and he's like, we're not losing again. 15 straight. We're going to win out. We didn't. We're going to win the Big East tournament. We're going to win the NCAA tournament. I said 15. I think it was. Um, we were 19. That was our 16 straight. They were 19 and five at that point. Yeah. We roll through the next three weeks against bad, bad opponents. Then we get a chance for revenge against Syracuse. And this was when I was like, this, this is when the, the clutch scene started kicking in with this team. Cause I think there was a concern. I remember that this being a talking point locally, this team has been in a lot of close games. They've lost a lot of close games. Like we, we lost the close game against Syracuse in the, earlier in the season. We lost the close game to Georgetown. We lost the close game to Duke. We had 55 chances to beat Notre Dame. Couldn't get it done. We lost that close game. Can this team win a close game against a quality opponent? Because that's probably going to happen in the NCAA tournament. And the Syracuse game was when I felt like that got answered. And and that was also when like the legend of Luke Hancock 
started being well, born. Well, he beat them in the regular season, too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were talking about the return of Big East. I'm sorry. This is the return game at, at Syracuse. Hancock hits I the, jumped forward. Sorry. Hancock hits the corner three in the last minute. We win the game by five. And that was the first time where I think people were like, okay, they can do this. Like, And also, like, you got to remember, like, up until that point in the season, Luke had still been kind of like this reserve player who'd been maligned, who'd started off like two of 25 from three. Very he had a shoulder love, injury. relationship yeah. with the fan base. He'd had yeah. some moments between, but like that was the moment where it was like, okay, like this dude, he can do something for us in the postseason. No, you're right. No, I'm, yeah. that's. No, it was a very, it's very split fan base. I had no remember a problem with Luke. I thought he was a great six man off the bench. Gave us, you know, a change of pace that we a, a shooter off the bench that you need. Where was you know the 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 the, the, the multiple guard that could play the one and two that off your bench and play defense yada yada. But yeah, and yeah, the, the shoulder injury and the, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just we were the fan base also was getting tired of the. He's the he's such a great shooter white guy mentality that Patino kept feeding us. I was going to and say it never paid. Like, it's like okay, we you fooled us once, you fooled us twice, you ain't fooled us a third time. But it wasn't just the shooter thing. Like it, it was a Patino thing where the year before, then his had, supporters would be like George Mason, game winner. Now, you know? the, the year before, Patino had said he's the best player on the team because he be, he'd been allowed to practice. He couldn't play. It was his transfer year. But on a team that went to the Final Four, Patino said consistently that year, he's like, Luke Hancock's the best player on the team. And so he comes out, and he misses like 25 of his first 27 three-point attempts, and everybody's like, like you said, all the Patino hyperbole, striking again, this guy sucks. And, I mean, he was people were, were, were really pissed off. And then he gets better as the season goes on, he gets healthier as the season goes on, and that moment started like the clutch gene, Luke Hancock. We also we blew out Notre Dame. In the revenge game yeah, on Senior that, Day at yeah. home, which was great. I remember I was there for that. They did the Peyton Siva got brought the lays out there. His family had all the lays. They stacked them on him. Uh, we celebrated Gorgie too. They did his Senior Day, which was cool. It was a it was an emotional atmosphere, but the team stepped up and, and won. I guess a good Notre Dame team. So Big East tournament. You said, how did you cover that? How did you watch those games? I was in the hospital the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, yeah. All I, three. I had to go. To, I can't remember. I'm trying to think when. I actually went into the hospital, but because I was there, because I had had I had gold skull stones for years, and what I would do is I would just have to like it would, you know when I, the pain of going through them was just horrific, and I had them for several years, and finally one day they just hit me, and uh, it was earlier in the week, like on like I think that Sunday or something, but the tournament started on Thursday or whatever, mm. like earlier in the week I was uh, I had I just got the pain, and my, my mom my is freaking out, it's like I'm taking him to prom care i'm like okay fine i'm like you know i get there and w- one of the ways i'd help myself i'd almost make myself vomit to like ease the pain oh. that's the only way i could do it and like i would so i went to the bathroom at prom care and try to do this and i just like i just passed out and they couldn't i could i didn't wake up i didn't wake up i was knocked out and i'm too no one could pick me up i was too big i'm too Jeez. big so they had to call an ambulance to come and get me and like i don't even remember this the sad thing is i paid 1200 dollars for a freaking ambulance i never remember uh. a minute in this ambulance they had to take me. They took me over to the the Brownsboro one over there by the summit. Uh, it had been brand new at the time, and uh, yeah, and they found out they like you have you have gallstones that are just humongous. We've got to take your gallbladder out. You can't eat for like four more days. We're doing the surgery. I think I want to say on on, on Friday. Yeah. And like and you can't eat for you know the whole time. So I'm like starving. I'm like trying to. Yeah, Perrin was running doing the show. Uh, I think he had Matt Jones on the show actually. You're on the big X. I think it's mm. Matt Jones' only big X tenure uh, appearance, and he did. He, he 
he kept the show afloat for me while I was gone. And yeah, I just remember watching the game. Which, in defense, the hotel rooms are nice. Though. The TV's a nice little TV. Uh, but yeah, it was very wasn't as stressed out for Villanova. The Notre Dame game's a fog because I had surgery that morning and I woke up in time for the game, but like it was still kind of foggy. And then the Syracuse game, I just remember just going nuts because at that time, like they'd finally let me have food. I was feeling better. I'm like, I want to go. I want to go. And uh, yeah, I had watching mantras. I'm just kind of like in Major League Two when when the, the manager's in the hospital, he's going nuts. And I'm sort of, you know, the nurse is coming in like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I love this British stuff, you know. I was thinking more of like a Hoosiers thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, basically, yeah. I was like, I love Montres Harold. She's a like, school this small has <laughs> never played in the championship of the Big East tournament. I see Peyton out there doing the doing the, doing the charity shot, and, and I was I lost my mind. They they came in and put the white coats on me. So yeah, it was it, it's a memorable Big East run for me, uh, especially since I have to deal with that gallbladder stone anymore, pain anymore. Ooh, that was a blessing and a half uh and, uh, and to this day i still have a little, i still have the scar from the surgery to remind me of the uh the biggest tournament, tournament. I, we, I got out and i got media credentials for the whole tournament the only game i couldn't go to was a and a and t up in lexington because of uh i think i told you this we did a remote and yada, yada. Mm. Is it, we watched the, the tournament the year before i was living with a buddy at the time we were both huge L fans and like the year before we'd had like all of our friends over to watch all the biggest tournament mm-hmm. games and then all the NCAA tournament games up until we went to the final four. So we did the same thing. Like we had, we were so superstitious. It almost, it, it bordered on like being insane. Like we had, <laughs> there was a gate in the backyard that we had to open before games. It had to be, the gate had to be open. If we forgot, we played poorly. I had to get the same beer at the same amount of time before tip off and come in and say the same stupid line. We all sat in the same spots. We wore the same things. I've never been that superstitious. Oh, it was insane. But it was, it was like the most fun of all time. Like the Nova game, I remember vaguely beating them handily. Notre Dame was a little bit closer. We pulled away in the second half. Yeah. And then the Syracuse game was just still. I've never seen a game flip on its head like that one before. It was right in the second half, wasn't it? If I remember right. And they're blow, they're blowing us out. Yeah. And I remember saying to, to Mary, like they come out, James Sutherland hits, hits a three to put them up by like 13, 14, 15, whatever it was, early in the second half. And I remember saying to her, like, I'm fine with this. It's just. This is their night. It's not our night. I'm thinking this is the last game of the the old Big East, or the at the time it was like just the Big East. It was the last game. It's Syracuse. They're the New York team, Madison Square Garden. Fa- the fan weight of distribution was like 80% Syracuse fans up there. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking like this is their moment. They've earned it. We're not going to win. And then not only do we win, we wind up winning by 17. It, it just it, it absolutely flipped. And you're right. Trez was the, the big catalyst of that. Kevin Ware made some big-time plays. We start hitting everything. They start missing everything. We start creating turnovers. It was just like that was – you talk about Luke Hancock hitting the three at Syracuse to kind of define or start the the legend of him being the, the clutch dude. This was the the legend of like us, the booming, the, the, the being able to, in the snap of a finger, go on an insane run that takes a, a game that you feel like is – getting out of hand one way and take it and put it firmly in our corner. And then we just, we'd always run away with it. Like we always, that was the best team that I've ever seen when it came to having the foot on someone's throat and just pressing down. Like they just, they knew when they sensed blood in the water, they just attacked, attacked, attacked and didn't give up till they'd won by double figures. I mean, we won, we played three really good teams in that big East tournament. We won by 19, 12 and 17 points. Like, and, and all three of those games were relatively competitive at one point in the second half. They just 
destroyed teams when they got when they slipped up just a little bit. I've never yeah. followed a team like that. I always, I always, I always like to make the comparisons, calling us like the the, the Ollie of basketball because we just we would rope and dope with it. You think you're hanging with us, you're doing well, and then just I mean we just wear you down bit yeah. by bit and by you know early second early second half and that between that like maybe you know start of second half to like that 14 minute mark. I mean, you you better keep it up because I mean we're just gonna keep coming at you like a, like a you know no pun intended to Michigan but kind of like a Wolverine. Yeah. You know we're just gonna wait. We're just gonna you're gonna throw punches at. We're we're blocking you. We're, we're you know roping doping with you. And next thing you know, boom! Here comes here comes here comes the left hook. Good night. I used to love when we would play like those like the the Providence teams from Keno Davis that were so up tempo because they would come out and they were playing a mile a minute and they would get up like. You know, thirty to twenty on us, and everybody I'm watching the game with, they're like, "Oh my, like, what is happening?" And I always be like, "Just wait, just wait," because they're going to hit a wall, and we're not. Nope. And our teams, we always were so much better conditioned than everybody, and we always were so much more mentally strong. We had the depth than too, as well. I mean, we had the depth. We we were we were we were easily nine, ten deep. I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we were. I mean, he didn't play that many, but he he could. No, I mean, he was well because Van Treese would play, but it was usually yeah. it was Ware, Van Treese, uh, Hancock, and. And uh, Montrez all came off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Some yes. some would play more than others, but yeah, you would you would but you would at least almost always see eight or nine guys getting onto the floor at some point. Yeah, he and early in the season he he would be willing to play. I think more guys, more minutes, and by the end he kind of had trimmed it to like that eight man rotation. And SVT, if we had foul trouble, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm just saying, but he was available whether he for sure him or not. But like we just our guys just didn't get tired, and they were always so they they never. They never faltered. If they got down by ten to somebody that they knew wasn't as good as them, they never blinked. You just you knew that a run was always going to come. And it's like it's like we've talked about this season, how for so long following Louisville basketball when Rick was here and even when Crum was here in the nineties, if you got down by by ten, fifteen against a even a good team, you knew a run was coming. Like you, you knew it's not over, you just were waiting for it. And like this season and to a lesser extent last season, it's just been this thing where I just I, just, I, I never believe. Like when we're when we're playing teams within four or five that are better than us, I'm just like, man, the run's coming. It's just not going to be for us. And it was the total opposite 10 years ago. That team, you just always knew that something was going to happen and they were going to get back in games and eventually they were going to pull away. So the NCAA tournament happens. Let's fast forward. The, you said you went to the Colorado State game and the Oregon game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I went to I went to Colorado, Oregon, and Duke. The Duke game. And which technically, well, all of them, I guess, which tie in Michigan, but yeah. Yeah, the, the Duke game. What are your memories of the, of the Kevin Ware thing? Being like, what happened? Because I did, I wasn't looking at him when 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 I was kind of watching the shot, and I just next thing you know, you see everybody just kind of start collapsing. I'm like, what's did, you know? I, uh-huh. I didn't notice him on the floor at first. I didn't either because I was kind of up in the upper level, and I was I, I just see the player. Then then I didn't. By the time my attention went to him, you know, he'd been covered up, and you know, you, you you're kind of like everybody's kind of whispering like. Did, did he, did he, you know, what happened? Did he, did he collapse? You know, did, are we talking about a gathers moment? I mean, you know, did, and then you, you, you know, hear the whispers people start saying, well, his knee buckled. It was his knee, it was his leg. You start, you, people are looking, you know, bringing up computer, bringing up the highlights, you know, the, the replay on uh, whatever CBS or whatever true TV or whatever channel was on. And just kind of just more baffled. And I don't see where, cause I'm trying to remember where we were in the game, the score wise. It was a close game. If I remember right, it was, wasn't it like a, we were down maybe? Yeah, they hit a, so I'll tell you my memory real quick and we can go back to it. So Tyler Thornton hits a three. Okay, I do. Okay. And like Duke was on a run. I think the three got them down by he just was closing out on the right. three. Yeah. The three gets them down by just one. So Duke. Duke, yeah. 
And I, like my first reaction, because we're I'm sending my my buddy Weber who works at AT and T. He's my he got great tickets through work, and so we're sitting like mid court, like crazy tickets. We were like in the media, like in the like the press area up in the mid up nice. level, yeah. So yeah, I mean like we're, we've got a, a great view of what's going on. So Thornton hits the three, and I remember seeing like the bench kind of like they, they all like kind of reacted to something, and I'm thinking that it's something like playful that you know that team had a good time, and I remember I'm thinking in my mind I'm like. I, they're making fun of Kevin Ware. I thought for falling down and getting a three hit on him, and I'm like, guys, like this is this is not the time. Like I I know that you're a we we take things light here, but this is the it's the freaking elite eight, and that was a big shot. Duke's on a little bit of a run here, and then I look over and I see, I think it was Blackshear and Behannon like on the ground with their hands in their heads, and I look back over at Ware, and it's right before Vinny can come out there and get the towel over him, and I remember I look at my buddy and I said, I think I saw his bone, and then like it, it happens, and then like you start people start checking their phones. And they start seeing the images. And the other thing I remember is how long like the, the whole process was. was like, yeah. like Duke fans start booing and stuff, and Louisville fans start cheering. And I think being inside the building, you're also kind of unaware of just how much of an impact it's having nationally. Like I remember it being a, a huge deal and, and you know being so upset about everything that was going on, but having no idea that this was like the thing that everybody in the country was talking about and the video was everywhere and that it was going to become just like such a a gigantic thing. The highest trafficked post in the history of Card Chronicle was like a relatively pedestrian post the next day about because it had Kevin Ware and video in the title. And it was like video like Kevin Ware, like meeting teammates or something afterwards. And like it had like a million views on its own, which which was just like outrageous. Like right away that morning, I was like, what what the hell is happening? And that just goes to show how much people were searching for anything having to do with Kevin Ware and how big of a story this became. Oh, he's he's actually a lot. I mean, uh, underrated. He's actually a lot in a little Dicky song. Is he? Yeah, they're, they're one of his early uh, mixtape stuff. He actually drops a line about Kevin Ware. The sad thing about Ware too is like because he, he's always going to remember for that. And I, I I get why. But he was starting to play really well. He was going well, into those games. He was such a good. He was just a good combo guard off the bench. He, like you said, he's, you know, he was what you needed. He's, I hate these comparisons, but he was kind of like what Arizona, what Jason Terry was to Arizona's run back in the or mid or late nineties, where he could come in, and he could play the one or he could play the two. He's a good defender. You know, he just he, he was just a perfect blend to, to to give relief to whichever upperclassman leader you needed a break, which would be, whether it had been Russ or Peyton. Yeah, because he he hadn't. He hadn't done much early in that season. He was only and a sophomore, right? I think. It was a sophomore yeah. season. And then his best game up to that point as a Cardinal was the Oregon game, the game before. Like yeah. He comes on the bench, yeah. he scores in double figures. He's run, He had the big moment in the Syracuse game where he hits the three, and Patino gives him the ass slap as he's running back. Like, like he was really starting to come into his own. He turned the game. Were we losing to Oregon when he came in, I think? I wanted to... he, whatever he did, he, he had yeah, a huge That game. was a close game, that, I remember. And he like like he was just starting to really come into his own, and he was getting to the point where he was like the first guy off the bench in some of these games, and so it sucked because you saw a glimpse of the player that he could have wound up becoming had this not happened, but it does happen. And I think every Louisville fan, you know, you're you're emotional and you're thinking about where, but then the game starts and you're like, how the hell are these guys going to play? Like like I think you start becoming concerned that like this is going to this is supposed to be the year, and this is going to derail it. And obviously, it's a secondary concern, but also, like, we all want to win a national title here. Can these guys put that out of their minds? And not only do they do it, they they pace Duke. I, I said 18 early in the show. I'd forgotten. They beat him by 22. Yeah, they, yeah, they just, just just came out and just swinging at them like Peter McNeely and that hit every punch. Though. And that Duke team was great. Like, that, that was a Duke it was a, team. It was a good Duke team, yeah. They were the, num- they were the highest ranked if you did the— you know, they released the seeding like one to sixty-eight. They were the number five overall seeds. They were the, they should have been the the 
if you do the S curve, they should have been with the worst one seed and said they get with us, which was ridiculous for both of our teams. And we just destroyed them. We were still a better team. Oh, yeah. The scoreboard shows them. I mean, even on court, we were a better team. There's a great video, and it's still on YouTube right now if you want to check it out. It's a a great explainer. It's like we did it for for SB Nation through work. We hired this guy who did explainer videos, and it was awesome. How Rick Pitino outcoached Coach K in that game. And it's it's all basically him just using Gorgie to destroy all of Duke's slow white big guys. The plum is yeah. too. I'm on that team. Yeah. Basically, it's like they can't guard him. They can't do anything. And we just we had made them overextend and we torched them like all game long. It was a, it was a wonderful game plan. We executed it to perfection. So we win by 22. And, you, and you're right. You know it's the fact that after that happens, I mean, we could have easily just like I mean, but especially with the way the mannerisms you see of our players, you know how affected they were by what happened with Kevin. It, the, the whole game could have been turned completely around. We lost eighty five to sixty five, yeah. whatever. I mean, it, and I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been shocked. I was, um, I was honestly amazed at how like we just come in and just didn't like played as well as we did, despite having seen that. By the way, we reacted to. Well, if I remember, so, I'm pleasantly so, surprised. So the injury happens. We're up by one. If I remember correctly, like we fall behind when when they start playing again. I remember Seth right. Seth Curry hits a three that I think put them ahead. And I know we took the lead back going into halftime, but we were only up by like two at halftime. Three, we were, right. we were up by three at halftime. But I, there's a there's a point in the first half where we get down like 27, 23 or something, and and at that point I'm like, these guys they're not bouncing back. Like this is going uh, to be I'm it. Worried, yeah. And not only do they bounce back, they just just destroy Duke in the second half. And that's when Coach K has the post game quibble, the the, the, the little. Uh, what was it? That's he, what they do. They boom you. The boom you. That's, that's, that's right. And it yeah. becomes a thing that we we end up using. So next week, Kevin Ware becomes a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Did you ever win it for Ware's T-shirt? Uh, they sent me a bunch. Like the, One win, of the companies yeah. that made it sent me like a box to give away to people, and we did giveaways on the, the website. And I saw those shirts I bought it, even though I, it, it was like a 2X that wasn't going to fit me, but I still bought it anyway. Oh, yeah. Mine was huge. Yeah. I, I think I wore it. Well, 2X is big for you. For me, it was tiny. <laughs> I just remember we were like, you know, the whole, it was like, this is all for Kevin. Like, we were in the bathroom at like one of the, the alumni parties on Friday or Saturday when we got to Atlanta, and like, we're... <laughs> Well, everyone's peeing at a urinal, and my buddy Danny's like, "This is for Kevin." <laughs> it's just like everything was for Kevin, which was awesome. It was the whole thing was so great. Even even though the two X is like the biggest you get most of the championship stuff in, uh-huh. I still bought a ton of. I never was able to wear it. I didn't bought give, it. I didn't give a bleep. Like this is like the Eagles stuff. Where I'm like, oh, I'm only gonna get the, the, the stuff I can wear. I'll buy multiple. I'm gonna get. No, I I probably have two drawers at my house and one of my dressers. Full of U of L like championship memorabilia, whatever for where. Yeah, I was never been worn because I knew it was gonna be too small, but I didn't care. I wanted to buy it. So I I remember the you know we're in Indy for the Duke game. We yeah. get we get home and initially it becomes like okay let's start making plans for Atlanta. Like how are we going to do this? And I had a a contact a guy who was like the head of the alumni association at the time. Shout out to Dan. And I knew he was like. He'd do what he could to get me like tickets for face value in like the U of L. Now, were you working? Were you in? Were you working for doing a radio show in 2013? I was doing car crawl, but I, I I would always say like I don't want, I don't I don't want credentials. Like I want to go to games. Okay, as a well I think yeah you've said that before. Yeah, and I, I still don't. I don't like doing. I do because I'm cheap. I couldn't That's afford. I probably wouldn't have been able to afford tickets otherwise. But so I I get two from and like it has you know you always they always say people will tell you all the time like you always take a meeting if somebody wants to talk to you like Dan had set me up with somebody who was in charge. She'd just been hired. She ended up taking the job at Cincinnati like shortly thereafter. But she was involved in university affairs or something, and like we met, we had lunch like a couple, you know, weeks before. And she's like, "If you ever need anything, hit me up." And so I'm like, "Okay, well, like here's the contact." I'm like, "Funny you should ask." Like three weeks later, I'm like, "Hey, 
can I get two more tickets? Like, is there any way? So I end up, I get four total tickets in the U of L sections, which is great. And by the way, for the, for the media, if you didn't know this, unless you're national, if you were a local carrier, if you didn't go to all the other games, you weren't getting final four. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know if I, well, yeah, that's, that's the reason I was so thankful to be able to, cause I couldn't go to 12 on media because of that. And they were like, you had to go to all of them. It's like, well, we're number one seed. We're all locally. This is, yeah, I'll go yeah. to all the games. <laughs> so we, yeah. we, and we actually had a friend who lived in Atlanta at the time. So we were able to stay with her, which was, which worked out well too. Didn't have to worry about that. But like you and I have talked about Atlanta is such a spaced out city. It did kind of suck. Cause it I had, is, I had yeah. friends saying in this part of the city, it wasn't like new Orleans where everybody's staying in the same place and everybody's going to the same part of the city. I'll meet at bourbon street. Yeah, exactly. You, it was, it was tough to coordinate, but like that part of it worked out well. We went to, you know, we, we get in on Friday. I mean, what, when did you get in? I'm trying to remember. I think, I want to say it was. Did you do like media hotel, media everything? No, I didn't say it to media hotel, but I even though I took the media bus uh, to the Wichita State game. I didn't do it for the little, the, the championship game. So I got, you know, I told you the, the lateness. I stayed at another random hotel. I want to say I got there earlier in that week because we did shows from, um, uh, what's the place? Like Tilt, not Tilted Kill. It's, it's tilted, like Mountaintops. It's like a Hooters type restaurant. There, where they, but all the the hot waitresses wear like plaid. I can't remember what the name it was. So we did shows there like early in the week going into the game, uh, which which was kind of cool because we got to I actually got to meet Gary Payton. He just walked in randomly. There you go. Did an interview with him and, and stuff like that. So I'm trying, I don't remember what day we officially got in, but I think I want to say we were there like Wednesday before the game before, before Saturday. I think was... we did three shows before the game. Okay, I can admit this now. So I'm doing the I, I've got the writing gig. And so I'm doing, we're doing like conference calls, like videos, like laying out editorial plans and like, I'm doing like on the ground writing pieces. I'm pissed drunk for all of this. Like it's, it, it's bad. At one point, like on Sunday, I'm, bourbon I'm at the Louisville party, like, like stepping out like the lobby on a conference call, like writing about story ideas for like Louisville versus Michigan, like what we can do. It was the most fun, but also I, I could never do it 10 years later. I couldn't, I could never juggle alcohol and work. I just, I, I couldn't do it. But like the Saturday game, I I still like I said Harry Douglas got me way too drunk. Kept bringing back shots. I'm gonna turn it down shots from Harry Douglas, and we're walking to the Wichita State game, and I'm like I'm way more drunk for this than I want to be. I'm not, I don't have enough clarity. It's terrible. And then we fall down by so much that sobered me up real quick. See, I think it's I, like I said, I didn't say it's the Marriott Media, but like I was like they, people were telling me like, it's just easier to go park in the Marriott parking lot. Then grab the, the bus and you, cause to get to the stadium because the stadium's a pain in the rear end to park at. It's it's outside the city technically, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, so that's why I did that. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then, of course, you know, there was a wreck somewhere and it caused our bus to be late. Yeah. I, I got there. It was, oh, man, I want to say. The only thing that sucked about not only being late was that I don't know why. I mean, this just kind of confirms with everything else the way Atlanta handled things. But like you're up in the same kind of area you are at the at the Hoosier Dome where the you know the NFL media stuff is. You're like you know mid level up, looking down half court, like you're watching on TV almost. But for some reason they, for example, I don't know, I can't even exact number, but let's just say there was a hundred media members in there. They only like had the, the brain brain power to give like forty chairs. So it was like it was like you had to get there early to get a seat, otherwise you're standing the whole game. And it, like I remember during the Michigan game particularly. Like, I don't know what we get, but like, it was like somebody would get up and it was like cutthroat. It was like, there's a seat, there's a seat, run, get a seat. See, that's quite on the media thing. <laughs> Sounds I don't fun. know why they would give so few seats. For so we get there and I had to stand all the time so nervous. I mean, I was, I've never wanted to smoke cigarettes in a public place more than anything during that Wichita State game. 
I never got tired and or never got really nervous. So I had this thing the entire season where when Louisville was down by five or less at halftime, I always saw it as like as a good thing. I was, I was like, we always win this game. And so we're down by I think one at we halftime. We were down one or two, yeah. And we're uh, going to the con- down one, yeah. I'm going to the concourse. I'm like walking around. I'm, I still have a couple friends, and I'm like, we're good. Don't worry about it. We're good. You're still drunk. <laughs> I, I was like, we're fine. Like we're not gonna. Lo- we're a better team. They had their half. They're playing out of their minds. We're gonna be good. I lost that thought almost immediately. Clean Anthony early when he hits that setback three to put them up by twelve. I was like, that was the first time where it ever entered my mind. Like we may have to go home after this. Like like we no. we may be done because. I think we can all admit it now. It's been 10 years. That ticket to Atlanta was so hot and it was so hard to get tickets and everybody went because we all thought this is the year. Like, we're, we're going to win this thing. Yeah. The 2012, it was great to be there. You had the, if we beat Kentucky, it's the greatest thing in the world. If we win the national title with this team on this run, it would have been incredible. But there's a strong chance that we're not beating UK. And there's an even stronger chance that even if we do somehow beat UK, we're not going to beat Kansas or Ohio State in the national title game. We all went to Atlanta thinking. Well, I thought we could beat Kansas. We we all went to Atlanta thinking we're going to watch this team cut down nets. And yeah. when that three ripped through the net, and the Wichita State's going side is going nuts, and we're all shell shocked, and nobody's making any noise, it was the first time where I was like, this this really might not have not happen. Like, Definitely the first time during the tournament. I think I think there was maybe one stretch in Oregon. I got a little nervous that because I mean, like I said, I think they've got up, up on us a little bit at one point, but. Yeah, there was it was the, I was I was very worried because Wichita State was a very good team. They were they were just they were just they were having one of those runs where everything was clicking for them, and they like us they were a a hard nosed team. They weren't gonna we we weren't gonna like knock them. They were gonna take a punch. It was gonna be like a, a Gotti and 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 you know uh, and Mickey Ward type fight. Like they they weren't gonna just you know they're not Duke. They're not soft. They're not Oregon. A Pac-12 soft. You know they're they're gonna take them and they they took punches from us. My buddy just sent me a picture. This this picture warrants the game. It's me and him and Brian and Breno Giacomini and a red shirt uh, freshman Matt, Mango Mathiang who was not allowed to 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 dress for the games. <laughs> and we are all very very drunk. I remember we because he drove down with Mango and people kept going up to Mango and being like, Oh my God, it's Gorgie. Why why are you not ready for the game? And he's like he's like I'm actually Mango. Don't worry about it. But the the Wichita State game. I've always said this, like winning the national championship, it's a feeling that I'd never experienced as a fan. It was like just you. It was everything you wanted it to be. It was euphoric. The Wichita State win, it was almost as good. Like, it was different because it was a combination of you have that euphoria of, of you know you just did this. You, you had the the season flashing before your eyes, but there was also this like just overwhelming sense of relief. Like look, we're not going home. We still have Monday to look forward to now. It was just like because you had come face to face with the reality of we may be leaving here without a national title and yeah. we, may, we may not even make it to Monday. And to have that pushed aside, to know that you have two more days in Atlanta, to know that you have money to look forward to and to know that you're still alive to, to win the greatest of all prizes. It was a feeling that was almost right up there with the feeling that we all had Monday night. You know, it's, it's weird because I remember thinking it's like, like I, I know it's obviously Wichita and Kentucky are two different teams, even though. Their their past would would intertwine with our our. We don't we're not talking 2014 history. now. Yeah, we, we don't talk 2014 during the show. But now. I remember I remember thinking like because in 12, I mean you're playing Kentucky, but Kentucky's obviously the clear number one, and we were kind of like that Cinderella team to this day. Still, you don't think I think we get past Kentucky? I have no doubt we could beat Ohio State or Kansas. I, I had no doubt in my mind because I thought Kansas was way overrated anyway, and we just had to we just had we were like a team of, of almost of a destiny that unfortunately fell into 
a matchup with the by far best team in the country. And that's kind of Wichita State was with us that year. We're like, there's this team kind of team in this destiny making this magical run, and here we are, the number one team. Like, we can't we can't give this up. Like this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose back to back years in a different in, in you know in different roles of the same scenario. And that's you know, unfortunately that's what happened to Wichita State though. Same yeah. thing that kinda of happened to us the year before. So Monday night. I remember thinking Don't take I don't take the media buses time. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, don't blame I got there early yeah, too. We, we were at we went to like the alumni party and I remember like being like if everyone else wanted to stay a little bit longer, I'm like, I'm not missing a second of that. I'm like, we're getting in as early. We left like two hours early. Did you stay for Michigan and uh, Syracuse? I did. I see. I left. I so, bounced. So Danny's, my buddy Danny and my buddy Weber, their wives are diehard Michigan fans. Oh, okay. So like they stayed, and it was kind of a wild scene. So it, it was it was sad. Like Danny's there. It's kind of awkward for him. His wife's dad had like just passed away a few months earlier, and like was oh. diehard Michigan fan. So Michigan's beating Syracuse. And like she's she's like crying a little bit, and Danny's like, Danny's like, what if I just push her in the pool? The rivalry starts. I'm like, not now, Dan. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like let a few hours pass before we before we start getting into. That was the, what led to his first divorce. The rivalry. <laughs> I, so like that was so we yeah, we stayed for that whole game. Actually, I, I had Mary had sat with her sister for the first game, and then I went and just sat with them because they had some seats available. Just on a side note, did you stay for uh, Kansas and Ohio State? I did. Before? I didn't eat. I left both of No, I did. I, oh, I, I'm, I'm saying, saying you did. I'm saying yeah. this plan is amazing. And then I had to go I Monday and cover it. I, I had to write about oh, it. Oh, I didn't. That was my first year covering a Final Four. Zay and Rubal then went to the game. I stayed at the hotel and watched it. It was terrible. I had to go back and write about it. It was, it was awful. Because we had to stay because we had to get room just in case, you know, by, by 12 that, you know, you knew one of us was going to be in the title game, so somebody was going to have to stay and suffer. Yeah. So so the Monday game, the only time, because, I mean, this is something that I have daydreamed, jumped about. Literally my entire life. I agree. Like growing up, like, what's it going to be like if I ever see Louisville win a national title? And the only time that I think I got, like, really emotional. When it was over, like, I didn't I didn't cry. I didn't, like, just go nuts. I didn't. But like, the only time mm. where I got, like, a feeling, a heavy feeling kind of in my chest was when they, they ran out on the floor at the beginning of the game. And I remember thinking, I was, like, remembering all the games that I, like, watched with my dad on the couch in our living room. Like, going through all these years where we're kind of, like, almost making fun of the team because they're not good, then starting to get good again for the first time in my life when I'm in high school and college. Like, this this just, this just whole process as a fan to get to this point, and it was just kind of like a holy bleep, this is actually happening type moment. And then the game, I mean, it sobers you up real quick. When you get into a national title game and it feels like just basketball and the stakes are that high, and that game, I mean, it came at you quick. The I mean, Spike Albrecht stuff and yeah, the Luke Hancock stuff, it was nuts. With Spike's run where were you like on a nervous level like were you more nervous because it was so early in the game too that you know there's enough time for things to happen but i'll be perfectly honest they go up by 13 was it 13 or 14 12 13 14 or something when that when he hits those shots and does that little run like i mean i was more nervous in wichita state in the second half than i was at that point but i was still like don't let this happen i'll be honest i was so into the game at that point like so like you know it's such a different experience watching it when you're there i didn't even realize that like like he was the guy who was doing it all the time. Like I knew he was hitting crazy shots, and I'm like, this guy doesn't play that much. But I had no idea that he was going on that type of individual run. I think there were a couple of times where I wasn't sure that it was him. And then like I, I realized at halftime, like this yeah, guy's averaging 1.6 points off. per game, <laughs> and he's got 15 points. This is outrageous. I still like, and I had more doubt in the Wichita State game. I, yeah. I, I never really wavered in this game. I, I was don't get me wrong, I was nervous, but I still thought something's going to happen. We're going to come back and win. And when when Luke hits the four threes, you're like, there it is. This team always finds something to get themselves back in a position of, of strength. And that was it. That was the run. And after that, I never thought we were going to lose. Well, it was not as much Luke, but the the Montrez dunk play. 
was incredible. It was st- orgasmic after 10 years. By, by the way, I mean, it, still the loudest I've ever heard a media room cheer. I mean, Andy Katz says it's the loudest he's ever heard a Final Four. The, the few media, I mean, obviously you had a few Michigan media members that were mixed in there with national and local people, and the Michigan people were kind of grumbling, but like even national members, I mean, I give a high five to Jason Anderson. I mean, I just it was it was a the whole place just kind of erupted even in the media room. It was like, good God, that was awesome. I it was mean, incredible. it's so crazy about being his only basket, but still, while his only basket, maybe. No offense to Luke, but maybe I mean, the most memorable yeah. play of the game. I, I mean, just so, the steal sure. and the over-the-head pass. and It was that moment I, I had my Tom Hanks, you know, seeing Gina Davis with the catcher mask on. We're going to win. I was like, I yeah. I, just, I had no doubt in my mind the second half that we were going to wear them down. They had their run. We took their punches. We we, we bobbed and weed with them. We, we you know, we, we, we roped and doped them, and then we answered back, and that was our, our knockout punch to come back. The second half, I know they... The game stayed close, but I, I never had a doubt. It was just the it, I mean, it was just the absolute best. Like we win, I run, like we go see. I see my wife comes down. Like we go, like we talk to some of the, the guys that we know on the team down there on the floor. Like we're, I'm seeing every, like just handshaking everybody. I run out outside the arena. Danny like and I like start jump hugging. Like he beer showers me. It was like it, it was the absolute best. Uh, I, I call my dad. Like talk to him about it. And then we end up going, like, I get a text from Doug Davenport, who's on the staff at that time, and he's like, come to the team hotel whenever you can. We go to the team hotel. He's like, wait for this. He brings me and a couple other buddies, like, into the room with the trophy. And so we get to, like, spend time with the trophy. I don't, I, I don't know what tops more. You got to do that or me be on the floor while they're cutting down. Oh, uh, it was, both were so cool. I mean, you, we both got cool moments. I don't know if I, I'm, I, I wish we could have traded off a little bit. Like, oh, you come down now. I'll meet you at the trophy room here later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we like a photo shoot with a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> like me and my wife are holding, like we're kissing it. Like I'm putting on Logan Ballman's jersey and holding it. Like it was, uh, it was all. I mean, it, just, it was just the absolute best. It was a, a perfect time. And then I have to go back and write about it that night. I, I don't sleep. I write up my story. I get it in at like 7 a.m. We make the drive back from Atlanta to Louisville. And the other thing we can talk about this. I know we've talked the entire hour about all this. But I could talk two more hours about it. The other thing was like how much I remember the good vibes just carried over for months afterwards. Like you had, you know, Patino's taking the trophy out on boats and sending pictures of it. Like you have the tattoo stuff. Like everybody's still like, just, it was just such a celebration around the city the entire summer. Was. And I'm just so desperate to one day get back to that point because it was, I mean, I've said it five times. I'll say it again. It was just, it was the best, the yeah. best, nothing will top it. Uh, and I don't care if you take down the band. I don't care what you do. Memories can't take them away all right we'll take a break we talked the entire hour there our memories of the 2013 season we want to hear from you guys now 502-414-1450 uh we'll still we'll spend some more time we'll, we, we'll talk about clemson for like 30 seconds this hour is going to be for the 2013 team we have a baseball update real quick before we go uh i have Let's to look up real quick can... thanks for throwing that at me no no problem well, it looks like we had a home run just about a minute ago by uh ryan mccoy by ryan mccoy yeah he's gonna get more pt this year you're gonna see a lot of him he's gonna be a big time I'm, I'm gonna take an assumption say we're up pretty Cards lead 6-1, to one, it looks yeah. like, in the, the bottom of the seventh over there. On 970 WGTK, celebrating the beginning of Louisville baseball. We'll talk to you guys in hour number three. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X.
<laughs> you know I get you know you know what? Imagine Dragons gets me pumped. You like Imagine Dragons, eh? You just walked into like the the best internet joke of 2017. <laughs> I don't care if they're just their songs are they're, they're great pop pump me up song. I'm fine with that, but just the joke. I mean, remember how it ends? No, oh yeah. Imagine Dragon D's. <laughs> yeah, I know. You told me this last time. I'd never heard of it. So I'll tell you the break, like we had this great trip down memory lane. And we did. It was a great breakout. I, I got this great news, and you just like poo pooed all over it. I didn't poo poo all. Over, I just, I, I'd already heard it. It came out a couple days ago. <laughs> so I, there's one thing. There's a few things I. Well, there's a few more than a few things. There's one thing I hate as much as anything in life, other than people that don't uh, use their blinkers. Oh, me too. Uh, is getting stuck with ads before a YouTube video that you can't skip. Like I despise it. Like, it, like there's 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 companies I've boycotted my life because. They've made me sit through a 15-second ad. <laughs> Not petty at all, is it? I, I'm, I'm with you. But the, the point of the story is that so I bring this video up, and it's like an ad for Ted Lasso and Apple TV. I'm like, okay, let's skip this. And he goes, and the next season is coming. I'm like, two season? Two season? See, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm getting my pants are getting tied. I'm just getting, I'm huffing and puffing. And it's like coming March 15th. I've been waiting so long for Ted Lasso season three. Yeah. This is why I don't, this is why I wait years to start shows. Because I just I don't have the patience to wait for them to come back. I've, I've watched season one and two three times already. It's so good. It is excellent. Except for Beard After Dark. I've only watched it once. I always skip that episode. That's fine. I'm not a big fan of that one. But so season three, I can't wait. I'm just, I walk in, I'm like, I'm so excited. And you're like, what? I tell you, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw it a few days ago. I'm sorry. Like, where was the text? I'm sorry. Why didn't you text me right away when you saw this news? I, sh- I should have. I, te- I did text some people. You were oh, right. oh, I, I feel oh, bad oh. now. I feel bad now. Oh, well, I didn't know some you were th- people. I also didn't know you. You were like, I knew you liked Ted Lasso. I didn't know it was that big of a deal for you. I've been there's th- that and the Peacemaker season two. I've been just like every day. I'm like looking online. When's See, it I don't coming even know out? what Peacemaker is. I, well, I you won't watch it. I can't keep track of all your likes. Well, there's very few of them. Well, maybe it's the recommendations. Then. <laughs> it's everything. I don't know if you. I don't know if you would like Peacemaker. I don't want to recommend it to you. You, you might, but I don't know if you. Would. You just said I wouldn't watch it. Welcome in, by the way, 5 o'clock hour here at the Rutherford Show. Happy weekend to you. Happy 2013 National Title Celebration. Yeah. How about a quick reminder before we get into our conversation? Call AirServe today if you've got heating or cooling problems. It could be heating one day. It could be cooling the next in this area where it's 75 degrees on Wednesday and snowing on Friday. Call AirServe at 502-785-8600 for a limited time. You can get up to 60 months no interest financing on a qualifying rude system. Again, 502-785-8600. Is the air serve number? We spent the entire last hour, no breaks, just talking about the 2013 season. It was the most fun I've had on this show in like, I don't know, five months, maybe ever. It was great. I, I don't realize how much, I don't think I realized how much I needed that trip down memory lane. That's now funny. we're going to turn it over to you guys. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's tax line with the cards welcoming back their 2013 national title team this weekend. What are your memories from 10 years ago? What still do you hold on to? And also, if you want to talk, uh, talk about it, have those memories been tainted at all by what's happened in, in the 10 years since? Um, also, Trev, quick update. I know we'll do our predictions at the end of the, of, of the hour. Yeah. Are you still feeling as confident about the Clemson game now? As we were yesterday, you and I were both like, we were, we were riding high a little bit there. Yeah, I think I am. I'm I've kind of gone, gone down a little bit. I've kind of gone down a little bit. You've gone down a little bit? A little bit. We can talk about that at the end of the show. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm still... I mean, yeah, but I mean, my level of confidence wasn't like booming to begin right, with. Right, but I mean, you and I were both saying we may pick us to win. 
which is, I mean, for this season, is about the most confidence you can get out of the show. I don't know if it's as much my confidence in, in Louisville doing it as it is my dream that this is just the perfect scenario of a, of, of a team that needs a win at this moment. I mean, I just, it would be perfect. Unfortunately, it's also been perfect if, you know, Carl Shepard said, yeah, it would have been. been a good ref and not throwing the flag, and we got our chance, a fair opportunity to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, hey. The only thing that really gets, because I think Clemson is a. Still, still find ways to bring it on. up. <laughs> Clemson, in the latest bracketology today, Clemson's the last team in. Like okay. they, they come into this this weekend. If we were playing a team that was safely in the NCAA tournament or safely out of the NCAA tournament, I'd feel like we've got a really, really good shot. I still think we have a shot because I don't think Clemson's that good, and I think we're going to play above our heads with everything going on. But Clemson is going to be desperate. Like They're going to be just as desperate as we are to get a, a win because they know if you're the last team in, if you're right on that cut line, and you take a quad four loss to the worst team in power conference basketball, like that alone may be enough to single-handedly knock you out of the NCAA tournament. So they're going to play like this season depends on it because it kind of does. Um, but we can get to that at the end of the hour. For now, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. Let's hear from you guys. We shared our memories. Let's share yours. Remind us of things that we've forgotten. Texas, the Herald Dunk, still the loudest event that I've ever been to. I mean, I told you, Andy Katz has been to every Final Four for like 35 years, and he said that's the loudest he's ever heard a building at a Final Four. The only problem about being there for me was, and this is, I don't know, this is weird, but like the one thing, as much as winning a national title, I wanted my, I wanted my one-shotting moment for Louisville. What do you mean? I want uh, to be the featured of our one-shotting moment national table because I mean, like I said, like. One Shining Moment was so cool Like when I would see it come on. like You when, wanted to be on One Shining Moment? Well, not me particularly, but I wanted our One Shining Moment video montage. I oh, was winning yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, not only just winning a championship, but someone like I was always a big fan of the One Shining Moment, especially before it got like trendy. Like when it would come on, just like they slide it into the broadcast in like 88, 89, and 90, 91. You know, then of course it got popular and yada yada. I mean, Jennifer Hudson ruined it almost, but. Like I was, that was one thing. So like, that was one of the things. Like when the game was over, I'm leaving the court, I go back to the media room. Like they'd already aired. I missed it. Like on the original oh. airing. So I'm like, I got, I want to get home. I'll get home. They played on the big screen at the, at the arena. I just didn't notice. It, I guess I, it was. I was let down. Like I feel like it was like. I'm with not you. a very good. I don't know if it's just the I, I built it up too high in my head. We built it up too much in our, because the there was a a poll recently of like the best one shining moment of all time in 2013. One, it was like the most well done. Like people said it was the best. I think you, I think we just built it up too much in our. But minds. I feel like we didn't even get enough. Like I don't know. Also by that point, like circa like 2008, 2009. Ever since then, one shining moments have been like overproduced and they've been a little bit. They put. They try to put too many bells and whistles on it. I feel like. Oh, you think something's gotten worse as you've gotten older? <laughs> so out of character. I'm starting to pick up a little bit of sarcasm <laughs> from you. I'm, I'm picking it up a little, just slightly on the radar. Like, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> and maybe it was. And also, I just feel like we didn't get enough highlights in our own championship one shining moment. Like, I think the Montrez dunk was on there. It's tough for the end of the game. It's, it's tough. Showing... They, they, you know, they can't put it together until like that night. No, I know. And, like, they I never hate, know who's going to win. I hate how they always have to do it, like, give the, the Final Four, it's, like, separate chronologic. I hate that. Yeah, they always like do the that. early stuff, it was all mixed together. Yeah. I don't like that. Texas, Trevor, if you got to touch, cut, or, Trevor, if you got to cut or touch the net in 2013, but Mike was with the ultimate prize and could touch it, he takes the win here. They're both cool. I think they're both cool. I would have liked to gone to see the, I didn't get a chance to, to cut the net. I mean, I never got a chance to do that, but. 
You did? Oh, you didn't? I didn't get a chance to cut yeah, it. Yeah, we, 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 we know. I mean, it would have been a much bigger story if they had to be like, and from Big X Radio, Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> I could see it out there right now and be like, like, like what? Who's the, who's the fat white dude climbing the ladder? You like take it all Is off. Is that a walk-on? You just like cut the whole thing down, put it around your neck. It's like, <laughs> you're always supposed to cut one piece. Texas says, Texas, I never smoke, and for some reason I thought it was a good idea before the championship game, and I smoked some icky and was a little too strong for me, which ruined my live viewing experience. That would suck. You can't, yeah. you can't, you can't dabble in something you don't typically do, and on a night like that, can't yeah. Do it. I remember when Christmas Eagles played the, the Eagles Super Bowl year. Uh, it was like Christmas Eve was a Monday night football game, and I ate an edible. So I was like, oh, just just eat like half. I'm like, I can handle my business. I ate the whole one. I was passed out by first quarter. Still remember the game. <laughs> Texas prayers up for Mike trying to finish the story today. Oh, hush. Thank you. Texas was 2013 the year that you coined the term Steve's for STVT. Yeah, it was. Steve's were, because this was before it became a, nowadays people always talk about keeping rebounds alive. Like you, you don't come up and grab the rebound, but you keep a play alive by tapping, back tapping Tap it back, to a guard. Yeah. And Vantrese was the master of that. Like he was against athletic bigs. He wasn't sometimes big enough to go up and come down with the rebound cleanly, but he would always just back tap. Yeah. And I would just call those Steve's. And you had to, it was a stat that you kept. You know, he had seven Steve's last game. Incredible. Nice. Three rebounds, but seven Steve's. I, I loved SVT. Texas says the saucy wear block was a great moment. It, remember that from the, the Notre Dame game? It was senior day. He blocks whoever shot clean at the rim. And they call him for a foul. And it's the most clean block of all time. And he just like does this little like little shimmy. shimmy. And I think it's Vern Lundquist is on the call. And he's like. A little bit of saucy behavior there from Kevin Ware. It's and a great moment. That's where Amon Gardner got his nickname from. What do you mean? Watching Sauce Gardner. Oh. He watched that and was like, I like that. I'm going to call myself Sauce. I like it. Texas, I managed to avoid seeing Ware's leg for so long, and then one of my friends who doesn't even pay attention to sports sends me a close-up picture of it like months after the championship. Damn you, Newman. Yeah, Newman. Come on, man. How quickly? How long did it take for you to see like the, I, I went home. I looked it up online. I'm I'm that guy. I had I wanted to see it. I, I mean I, I didn't mean to see it, but it popped up on my timeline when I was at the game. Like I don't want to see it a second time, but I got to see it like once. I mean I I just I'm just I, oh, I got just, it's still so it's okay. anything like anytime you see something like this isn't safe for work or yeah I'm like I got it. I'm that I grew up that way. Like don't 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 touch the oven. It's hot. I'm gonna burn myself. <laughs> I'm that. That's who I am. I mean. You know, don't don't take don't take that pill. Okay. <laughs> you know. Texas says. Um, so yeah, I saw it. I haven't looked at it much since. I don't think, but I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, I've got no. There's no reason for me to go back at this. Every now and then, like I'll, the play will come up. Then again, I don't know when you when you've already seen Joe Theismann and Bryant Young's legs. If you remember those two games, I remember Theismann and Bryant Young was the defense tackle. He's like snapped in a similar way. <sighs> Like once you've grown up and kind of seen those, or Will Willis McGay, another example. Yeah, th- those are all bad. The, the difference in this one is you see the bone. You actually see the bone. I know. And that's the that's what sets it apart. And like, and when his legs hanging up there and it's like dangling. Oh, it's just it was so. I've unfortunately I've watched somebody get killed in a car wreck right in front of me. Oh and, god, it's terrible. Yeah, and I had witness to the cops because he got hit by an ambulance, t-boned. Oh, it was a crazy thing. But yeah, so what? What? I guess I don't know. Like I said, I, I like to see at least once and then I move on. I'm that weird person. Yeah. It's, it's, Even though I hate to, he was slowed down at Rex on the highway. Like, keep going at regular Atkin. speed. Yeah. Texas, my two biggest memories from 2013 were the five overtime Notre Dame game and the string of expletives that lasted for basically the entire overtime period watching at Dundee Tavern and then watching the Elite Eight Duke game, watching where go down, then us booming Duke and me deciding at that point, F it, I'm finding a way to go to Atlanta. I think a lot of people did that. I where was, it was like, so we're, mad we're going. at Russ during that five overtime game. 
Yeah, he's. He, like, he's I was almost. That. I was almost convinced he was like had money on the game. I was like, he's. There's no way he's making these decisions. He just didn't know what to do. I mean, every end of every overtime, he took the the dumbest shot you could think of. And then he even says because he hits the game winner against Cincinnati the yeah. next year late in the season, and he's like, if this had been last year, I would have taken that shot from half court. And yeah. it was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, convinced like. There's no way he had to have done. This. You could tell, like at the end of like the third or fourth overtime, they hit the ball in his hands, and he's like, he's desperate for somebody else to come and try to do something. He's like, he's like, I don't want to do this again, he kept please. Chucking up the worst shot. It was like, so bad. It was for as good as Patino he airballed was, one of them. He too, did. I for for as good as Patino was, there's certainly something to be said for in that situation. He was not always great. Like, like he wouldn't. He was not great at doing like what Jeff Wallace did last night when Denny Crum was so good at doing, calling a timeout with like seven seconds left, yeah, drawing up something out out of a, a timeout that was worked to perfection. He was more of the belief, and a lot of coaches do this: just let him play, and unless it gets all herky jerky and out of sorts, then I'll call a timeout. But he wanted to not let the defense get a chance to get set. But a lot of times it led to results like we saw in that Notre Dame game, where it's just I mean, there he he earned the name Rusticulous. It was yeah, that was that was wild. Texture says, uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what this means. Oh, this is like KRC text. It's so long. It's so long. I did an old man knee slap and said, how about that? When reading that UK athletics isn't stopping the beer train running into Kroger Field this fall. What the heck? I like you just summarized the long text. It's like the first line. Like yeah. three sentences. <laughs> Texture says, uh, 2013 NC story. Okay. I stayed at the team motel for the Big East tourney. First time in New York City and celebrating with players' families in the hotel bar after beating Syracuse and MSG. Probably the best night of my life. Decided to buy a round of bourbon shots for my friends and the 10-ish parents that I was chatting with. Do you know how much a simple Woodford shot in NYC is? I got the $500 plus tab, looked at my buddy and said, well, that's a lesson learned. Kevin Ware's mom promised to cook me dinner in Atlanta while I handed the credit card to the bartender, so it was all worth it. I also snuck into the team's locker room after the game. While confused, Chris Redman got escorted out by security guard. <laughs> when they think he was, he think he was Chris Redman and Redman's him. I, I don't know, but that's great. Why was Chris Redman there? I don't know that either. That's, wasn't he still playing for the NFL at the time? I think he probably was. He played because he's backed up with Matt Ryan for years. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that's weird Texas my favorite 2013 memory was watching the Big East Championship at Molly's in St. Matt's we were in a tent outside the weather was nice and the vibes during the comeback were totally immaculate like you Mike I knew we were winning the championship going into the season I never felt that way before or since all I want is to feel like I did that night again yeah same back to back the, the 13 and 14 conference tournaments were just always stuck to me because A I mentioned the, the well, hospital 12, in 13 too. and 14 my grandmother passed the day before oh. the Rutgers game which, because uh, you remember the Rutgers game, we beat them by like 70 60, points. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Which I always thought was, yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, she was, it's okay. But yeah, that's how those two conference tournaments always just kind of. That sucks. They, they, they had both significant moments for me in back to back. Was years. 12 at least fun and drama free for you? I can't remember the 12 conference tournament as much. I remember 12 the. 12 was crazy. The tournament run itself is, sticks out to me heavily. Because we won four games in four days because we were the seven seed in 12. Are we the seven and twelve? We were the seven because there was talk if we had lost to Seton Hall in the first game, which was close, that we would have been like a yeah, nine Florida was, ten seed. Florida was a four, right? Florida was a seven. We were a four in the end. Oh, they were. That's why. That's where I thought you were saying it was like no big Big East tournament. We were the seventh. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. We were the so we won four games in four days, and then yeah, we were the four seed in the NCAA tournament, and the whole run was just insane. Like we beat because we had been playing so badly going into that that Big East tournament. We beat Seton Hall in kind of an ugly, grinded-out game, and then we light up Marquette, and that was the game where was I that the same year? That was Seton Hall changed. with Hazel, right? 
Say what? Is that the Seton Hall team that had Jeremy Zell on it? Or he was, that... was he was gone by that. Oh time. yeah, he was gone. Yeah, he was like 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah. he he lit us up in that one year. Yeah, you know, at, at the at Seton with Hall. Yeah, he yeah, dropped like 40 on us or something. Huge yeah. years. I know. Oh, I know. That's a. I also remember he's for some reason he's Facebook friends with me and he tells me happy birthday every year on my Facebook. Page. <laughs> We've talked about this. Like, he's got to be like, why? Who is this dude and why do I know him? But he always puts it on there for me. I'm like, hey. So for the, even despite the fact we lost them that game and we blew us up, I've always been a fan of Jeremy Zell for that reason. That's yeah, reason enough. <laughs> yeah. Texas, does anyone else sit around in the dark watching the year of the Cardinal video on YouTube on repeat with a half-empty bottle of scotch sitting next to you? I used to have it on my DVR for trying to replace my box. I haven't watched it in a while. So we, a few weeks ago, not a few, it's probably like a month and a half ago, you know, Mary and I on one of our like weekend nights out, like you know, we get a little bit you know, tipsy, a little messed up, come back. We're thinking of something to watch. Yeah, we watched the the Rick Pitino the 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 media conference that he has, like the impromptu one in the uh, under the concourse after Louisville wins the national title. The very first thing that he says, he mentions Card Chronicle in the first sentence, which is still like one of my greatest accomplishments of all time. He because he, he's talking about what this meant to his family, and he's telling the story of he's like you know the other night against Wichita State when everybody everything was going wrong. You know, a son of mine came to me afterwards and said, somebody on Card Chronicle said, the fans didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to react. And the Patinos, the minorities are going nuts. They're still cheering. And that's who we are. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. So I'm watching. I'm still watching that. We also brought up the Crumbs Revenge, like the highlight video that he had after the season. He made some really great stuff. Yeah. Every now and then I fall down that rabbit hole, and it's it's tough. It's mean, such a great year, though. I mean, the women's, so the women's team. I remember like, so watching the women's team in between, you know, the men's in Atlanta. Uh, the baseball run. I, I was in Vegas when we beat when we were playing Vanderbilt. And that tri- I was out in Vegas for that weekend. And it was also awesome. Watching us wear the, the, the Astros jerseys, beating Vanderbilt, yeah. and made a good little killing on that. Sugar that Bowl game. was in January. Was yeah, January. I was at that too. What a time to be alive. Yep. Texas. I remember Matt Jones tweeting go cards after Ware's injury, and the UK fans blasting him for it. I remember that too. Like, I can see that. He said something like, like, maybe I'd seen it like later that night when I came home, but I remember seeing the tweet because it was something like, I can't unsee what I've just seen go cards or something like that and i was like oh this because that was like i said like being in the building at the time you don't really have a full understanding of the effect that it's having on the rest of the country because like i couldn't i wasn't getting it was tough to get tweets and tough to get on the internet yeah i know and i'm also watching the game so like but like afterwards just seeing the 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 crazy because i remember i I tweeted something after the game because we went from there to a bar across the street to watch louisville beat baylor the the britney grinder game yep and i remember tweeting something along the lines of like what an incredible day for Cardinal basketball across the board. And like all these people were like, except for the dude who shattered his leg. I'm like, of course, except for the dude who shattered his leg. Like, yeah, like, I, I get it. But it's, like, about, it's about halftime of the Baylor game, I think, I want to say when I got when I, I think that's because I remember like, I remember looking at the score and being like, oh, my God, like we're up by 15 or something. Because it started, it, it, they overlapped barely, I want to say. Yeah. Because our, our game went longer because of the injury exactly, timeout. And then was, exactly. And I want to say, yeah, like our, by, by, by the time I got to it, to watching it, it was close to halftime. I remember whenever we walked out of the building and I started getting like good service, we were up by double digits, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I assumed we were going to lose by thirty. Yeah, exactly. They were beating yeah. everybody by thirty, and then we went to a bar and watched the end of it. And it was remember, crazy. Don't don't tell me, but I'm sorry. I'm, we beat. Was it California in the lead eight? I think. Or was it Tennessee? We, it was. It was one of those two. Those are the two next opponents. Yeah. I can't remember which one. I think California was the final four, though. And wasn't there Maryland in there somewhere? I think Maryland was the uh, was the uh, Angel McCutcher. No, Angel McCutcher was Oklahoma. That was who we lost to. <clears throat> no, Oklahoma. Yeah, didn't we lose them in the championship? No, we lost to UConn. We beat Oklahoma, and then we lost. Yeah, to we, yeah, because Oklahoma had Bubba Paris's daughter. We or Carmelo's daughter. It was Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee in the lead. Okay. Tennessee in the lead. 
California because the Cal, one of them I think it was the California game we were we were trailing and then Cal was in the final four yeah and we came back we came back on them because they were beating us I want to remember the Tennessee game was tight I remember watching that at a bar and we won we pulled away late both those games were, were kind of yeah. tight Texas I would do anything to have that final four experience again I would do I remember kind of thinking at that time. Are like, you going to go to this this next one? When we go, when we go, I'll never years? miss a final four if we go. Yeah, I'll never miss a final four. I'm gonna, I'll go. But I remember thinking like that weekend because it was the perfect time. Like in, you know, my friends and I were all like, what, 26, 27, 28. So like we've we've been working enough that like we have enough money to afford mm-hmm. to do a trip like that. But like some of my friends were married, some of us weren't. But nobody had kids. So like that wasn't. Like, it you could still kind of do the thing where it's like. Hey, it's Tuesday. Let's go to the Final Four in a couple of days and have a good time and go down there and everybody just parties. It was such a perfect time and like the website was kind of taken off. It was just I remember thinking like that weekend, if it never gets any better than this, this was pretty pretty damn good. I might have not been able. It been I would have found a way to go other, but being able to get me get the tickets with the working in media, which anybody who works in radio know that that's we don't do it for the money, we do it for the swag. And that's that was that's part of the swag when it comes to it. And that was because I'd paid for my ticket in twelve, but I wasn't rolling in dough at thirty three. Yeah, I was living in a Rolling Hills apartment with my buddy and his kid. <laughs> Texas says the coolest thing about twenty thirteen. Oh, where is this? The text just disappeared. I don't know what happened. The text just disappeared. The text just literally disappeared. Was it was it disappearing ink? Maybe. Texas, the moment that I knew we were the best team in the country was when we blasted a good Mizzou team in the Bahamas without Gorgie. You knew this team would roll when Gorgie came back 100%. That was a game, yeah, I think Gorgie got hurt that game, yeah. and then he missed all of the Duke game, which was, yeah, we would have won that game. Texas, Rick missed the tournament three to four times. Denny missed six times. Can we stop with saying that missing his tournament is unacceptable? We accepted those misses. I think Rick only missed it twice. His first year and then the year after we went to the Final Four. Yeah, did he say Denny six? What did he say? He you said Denny, so missed it, Denny missed it six times. Did he miss six tournaments? Uh, I mean, when I was alive, I know he missed it three times. He missed 87 and 91. I mean, he missed 98. He missed 2002. That's four. That's four. There's probably a couple more in there. That sounds about right. I think Rick just missed the two. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we, we accepted them because one, Rick was Rick's first year, and we damn near made it after winning 12 games the year before. And it's, I mean, people were pissed in 06, but like we'd also just gone to a Final Four, so it's kind of hard to be like, fire the guy. Well, we lost so much of that team. I mean, it was only and we made the move that to really came back. Yeah. And that was also like the best big... By the way, the year... It was year, literally a transition year, I mean... And and that year, you everyone was talking about how bad Louisville was, and it was like, you know, the Big East is going to be new for us and all this stuff. Like, Louisville still... We were, we were number 46 on Ken Palm. Like, that was still a, a, a good enough team. We went to the NIT. We made a run to the NIT Final Four. It's not like we are now where we're... 303 or 298 or whatever we are in Ken Palm. Like it was that, that's we're comparing apples to oranges here, but I, I think that the expectation should be to make the NCAA tournament at Louisville. I'm sorry. We do. Texas says, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that 2013 team ever won a game that came down to the last possession. They would win comfortably or lose. The one weakness of a lot of Rick teams was final possession need to score situations. Well, the, the Syracuse game that we mentioned at the end of the regular season was, I guess technically one by five, but we hit a three to go ahead with like 11 seconds left and then made two free throws at the very end. So that was a tight game that we found a way to win. But it was a fair criticism back in the day was we lost a decent amount of like one possession games. Well, we'd always always had that little stretch, kind of like even the title year, where we would have like a three, four game stretch in like February where we just kind of like, checked out for some reason or you know we just be, we always would have that weird yeah like, we, we, we not always lose them 
but we would have like just it would be like a two or three game stretch where we may lose like one out of one of the two out of three or something, or we get blasted by Providence or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always thought. By the way, Pino was three misses. What was the other one? Uh, it was uh, year year one, uh, 06. the the 06, and then uh, 15, 16. Well, that was we posted. Oh, that was, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah. And Grum was six. Yeah, because I forget he did. I forget he missed uh, his his second year, and then he missed the year after the Final Four. <laughs> why why do we never make the tournament after a Final Four championship sometimes? <laughs> or we lose on half-court shots. Or, yeah, yeah. or to UK. It's always the worst loss possible. The or year after we missed the every tournament. Final Four national title we have, it was some kind of like heartbreaking way of losing. I'm telling you, we make deals with some sort of sports devil. That's what happens. Yeah. That's the only explanation for the way that we exist. That's <laughs> just... Really awkward now to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Texas question for Trevor: Have you seen the boys? I feel like we get asked this every now. And oh, I love the boys. You love. You're a big fan. I I, I started one. Usually awesome yeah. show. Yeah. Like you don't get and, and and I'm more with you in terms of like I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I think I have more leniency to to, to try it than you do. Everybody like, talks about how this isn't really a comic book show. Well, it's it's superhero stuff. Right. It's just it's very dark. And uh, like I know you just, I think you 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 dismiss almost all comic book stuff. Regardless. That's not true. I I I I've, like I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked um, um the Iron bo- Man. The- I liked um, I liked Black Panther. I, I like some of them, but it's just not my thing. I just, I've got no frame of reference. I didn't grow up reading comics. Well, and I get that, but you don't. And the boys is something you don't have to like. In Guardians, I agree. I That's something that. you didn't have to know about, and you could still get into. Yeah. And if you like that kind of humor, I mean, the boys is Guardians like X rated version. I started it, but it was like it was at the height of my like long COVID stuff, where like I couldn't follow anything, which I still suck at. I'm getting, it's definitely getting better, but like I could not follow a storyline this summer at all. If I tried to watch TV, I'd have to watch. It had to be sports or just something really simple. So like it wasn't like I I literally could not take it. I'm gonna try to give it another shot now. I would I would like you to give it another shot. I'm it's, going to because people it, a lot of people have recommended it. Three seasons are out there, and I'm cannot wait for season four. It's gonna be awesome. Texas Mike, I was the same way. I told everyone all year that we were going to win the championship, even down double digits to Duke and Wichita State. It was the strangest feeling. It just it felt like it was you know, some sort of weird destiny thing, for sure. Texas 2013, I was in middle school. I couldn't go to any of the actual games, but we went to the open practice when the cards were close by. I forget the city. I remember watching every game the season with my dad and staying up way too late. We also had football season tickets. It was the best sports year of my life. I feel like the, this the, is what kids are missing out on now. And that's but that's kind of like. In a way, a little bit to us, like, we were both maybe a little, like, he's older middle school, I would love to, but, like, 86, I'm, like, I'm born, but I don't, like, it's, it's a little too before my time. I was one, yeah. I've got, yeah, I've and you're one, so you're too big. Well, at least we're here, and then it's, like, you know, we're just waiting, we're waiting, we know we can get there, we're waiting, we're waiting, and but kind of like if you were, you know, maybe in elementary school in 13, you got to see it very young, and you're just waiting, kind of like me at the Blue Jays, I watched this win a World Series when I'm 10. 30 years later, I'm still waiting to get to the playoffs almost. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're Reds too, 1990. I mean, that's been a long time. Yeah, it's been suffering. We, we got to get it. We got to get the suffering over with. Uh, Texas says, oh, this is great. I'm the guy who gave his wife the tire gauge. <laughs> nice. I'm not a ref. I'm not a ref. By the way, she's told that story so many times that she's forgotten that it was in a gift bag with a nice gift along with it. It was meant as a joke and to put in her car because she kept parking too close to the sidewalk, pressing her tire up against it, and the tire kept losing air. I think the real gift that year was a hot air balloon ride. I was, uh, she conveniently left out that detail. She acted like it was the only gift that you gave her for Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what was the nice gift? Hot air balloon? That's not bad. 
It's not bad. It's pretty, I, I, dude, actually, I don't wouldn't do that. I I've want, got no business. I don't, I don't want to go in a hot air balloon. Yeah, I'm, there's men my size do not need to be in baskets hanging above the, the ground. I got gifted a hot air balloon ride as like a kid for a birthday present. I just didn't go. I was like, I don't want. I've, I've, I've got no interest. The craziest thing I've ever done. Is I want to get John Ramsey. What? I swim with the dolphins. That's cool. I did that down in Orlando. That's like the most craziest thing I've probably done in, in my adult life. Texas says uh, 1 p.m. 1:10 p.m. update from Louisville Water Company. The water's still good in the city. Well, that's good. That's comforting. I know there's like a huge rush on bottled water now. Like everybody's freaking out. What about the milk and bread? Well, no, it's just the water supply. People are worried about that with the East Palestine stuff. Texas, damn it, Trevor! I've had the Bloodhound Gang stuck song stuck in my head the last two days, and now you're playing Macklemore. Not cool, man. You and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. All right, let's take a break. Our last break of the show today. We'll come back. We'll read more of you guys' reflections and memories from 2013, and then we'll end the show with some predictions about tomorrow night's game against Clemson. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show wraps up the week. Coming up next on The Big X. I know this is probably shocking, but I think I don't know why it came across my my attention a few months ago when I played the song on the show. That was the first time I'd ever heard this song. Oh, really? Yeah, when I when I just came across. I don't even remember why I, I did. I don't even remember why I came across it. For I'm looking for songs with all work Owen in it. I don't remember. It was the Lumineers were a band from one of the cities. That oh, okay, that was, I think it was Colorado. Okay, that makes sense yeah. then. Uh, and yeah, that was for something. I mean, damn, this song doesn't get stuck in my head. It's catchy as hell. I like the Luminaries a lot. I don't. I couldn't tell you any other song they did. I probably don't even want to look up any other song they did because I just like this song. It's a good song. It's it, got that. But this is around the same time as like Mumford and Sons, right? Yes, it was like that whole a little bit later. It was that, like 2012, 2013. It's got the same Mumford and Sons sound to it. Because I just remember, I feel like everybody I knew who got married around this time had that song in their wedding video. I love it. I mentioned that. I kid you not. I look over at the uh, suggestion thing. The top three suggestions are Mumford and Sons. There's a similar sound. I, I was sure. like, wait. And maybe it's just the lack of drum. I mean, they, they just kind of use, you know, they keep the 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 beat some other ways. But Could be. I don't know. I, and I like some Mumford and Sons songs, too. Welcome back in. Final segment here of the week for the Brotherford Show. We've been talking a lot about 2013 national title memories, getting ready for this weekend's game against Clemson, where the 2013 national title team will be honored. Very excited about all that. Very excited to hear your memories as well. Also very excited about the Louisville baseball team kicking off their season with a 7-1 to win over yeah, Bucknell over there at Jim Patterson Stadium. I saw Peyton Siva's first pitch. Pretty good. Got it there. Maybe not a strike, but it was... I could believe that. I wouldn't... I it was borderline. Maybe with, uh, I don't know, 
Angel Cabrera back there. Maybe he's getting that call. But I mean, uh, with a seven-one win, I wonder. How, I wonder if Sean pulled out any stories about us to, to fill the time in between innings. Probably not. Probably weren't mentioned. That's, That's the point. hardest thing about baseball when you have a blowout. You got. I mean, the, the, the having to fill the gap is. He does a great job. He does an awesome job at it. We've got about uh, let's see, twenty-five minutes here or fifteen minutes here, I should say. We're going to take some more text from you guys, your memories from 2013, and then we're going to end with our predictions for Saturday's game. I told you yesterday we weren't going to spend much of today's show like talking about Clemson, breaking down the game, talking about the team. It's all going to be about 2013 because let's be real. As nice as it would be to win a basketball game tomorrow, the focus is going to be on the 2013 team and the 10-year anniversary celebration, all that good stuff. So 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texas says the coolest thing about 2013 was the meat and potatoes event that Mike and Gorgie co-hosted on campus before the season started. Gorgie declaring that they were going to win the title and then going and actually doing it was badass. I remember this. This was I would go to this. They there was this um, meat and potatoes like lecture lecture series. It was sort of like a discussion group, and they would have special panelists. And they asked. I, I would do it like once a year. And one of the times I did it, Gorgie was like the other big panelist, like guest panelist. And Gorgie was incredible. Like he he was fluent in, in all sorts of different topics. He, he was just as smart as everyone said he was. But when he talked about basketball, he did say like, we're going to win the national title. I, I don't think he guaranteed it, but he was like, I'll be very, very surprised if we don't win the national title. He also said that SEC basketball was less physical than Big East women's basketball, which I think I relayed that message at one point. And he was like, you can't. You can't say. He's like, I need you to take that down. Your mic's off, by the way, Trevor. He said the women's game is more physical? Less physical. He's like, SEC basketball, SEC men's basketball is less physical than Big East women's basketball. <laughs> and I think I wrote about it, and he was like, hey, can you take that down? I thought he's like, I thought that stuff that we said in that thing weren't going to be related to the public. Funny, by the way. I was like, I'm sorry. He's a, he's a hilarious guy. I'm excited that he's going to be back in town. Before we get to next memory, a little breaking news. Uh, the Redskins or whatever have now hired Eric Biemi as their offensive coordinator. There you go. He moves on to a different position. Or same position. Assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. Other words, they're saying, hey, Ron Rivera, you don't do something this year. You're gone. Here's yeah, we, we, here's hired the guy that just, we just hired your replacement. If For you sure. If you're not going to win, have a winning season this year. That's exactly what the message is. <laughs> yeah. Texas, the first night of the Big East Championship, the wife and I had uh, the plan to take an Irish car bomb for everything that we hit. I think we hit eight to nine that night. We carried that through every postseason game. The final four, we had a party, and everyone had to take a drink every uh, for every three. We went to the title game, and we took several bombs before the game, and I thought we were for sure jinxed. Thank God we won. That's a great— I've never had an Irish car bomb. You haven't? No. I've had far too many. Bill, that should be insensitive. They shouldn't call it that. You're not supposed to. <laughs> if you go to Ireland, Ireland— I, but, one, I, I'm Irish, so I can face. say it, right? I don't think that's how it works. So, I, I was that's how it worked! I don't think, I don't think that works. <laughs> Texas says, uh, I was a teenager in 2013. I went to Atlanta with my dad. It's the greatest experience ever. We went to the street where they had the after party, and it was blocked off for Louisville fans. I was basically the only kid in there watching all these grown-ups get drunk out of their minds and doing the wobble. I still remember being in so much shock when Luke hit those threes and Trez got the dunk. I was literally speechless. Again, these are the memories that we're depriving today's youth of. Like, look, he was a teenager in 2013. We had the other guy who was in grade school in 2013. They've grown up to be 20-somethings, and 10 years later, they're such big fans. They listen to our crappy radio show on a daily basis. This is what we're losing with teenagers like yeah. now who are growing up with 3-23 and 23 seasons and scandal and no marches and all this stuff. It's why we have to get this thing turned around as quickly as possible. I think, I think we need Patrick to intern in here because he was uh, – I guess he would have been he – He's was, eight. Yeah. 
He was at the Final Four with his dad, and him and his brother went down there with him. And he's, I still tease him because I always forget. I told you, I mentioned we did shows down there. Uh-huh. One of we, There was multiple athletes and like celebrities that kind of were going into this restaurant, going up to like five rooms. But one of the few we got to actually sit and talk to was, was Gary Payton, who I was somewhat fanboyed at because he was one of my favorite players as a kid. And there's like pictures of me with him. And and I always like, every time I see Patrick, we're like, remember when you got the picture with Gary Payton? He's like, I wasn't there. <laughs> he was like, I went to see like fun in concert or something instead. He's like, that's Trey. With I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I don't mean to like rub it in, but I was forgetting he wasn't there with us. He's also, he was eight. It's, yeah. it's still eight-year-old. Tough to have memories when you're, you're eight. I don't remember much when I was eight. You, they're always quoting stuff from like when you're like eight and six. And stuff. Yeah, but like to find memories. It's, uh, yeah, I, I remember the teams. I remember the stuff like that. I, I don't remember. I remember specific, as much as I do as like 18. Well, no, but I remember specific moments that stick out. Yeah. Texas State, we never got in trouble for the strippers or the Bowen thing. How many Final Fours or more championships do you think we would have? I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we could have made a run in, in, in net with the lead team. I mean, we could have. We were on a very solid trajectory, for sure. I mean, if Patino has the 2020 team, I mean. I mean, if he, Patino we, has the we, 2018 we, team with Bowen. Bowen was really good. Yeah. I we mean, would have been, that team could have won a, a national title for sure. I mean, like I said, Mac had a good run with that 2020 team. Tino probably would have been better with it. I mean. Texas, I hear we have a new center playing tomorrow named Yorgi Dang. I don't think. <laughs> worth a shot. Texas, my favorite 2013 memory was when I was watching the championship game. My water heater started leaking and my wife Ooh. freaked out. I paused the DVR midway through the second half, shut off the water to it, came back and accidentally skipped to Peyton cutting down the nets. No. It's terrible. That's a horrible story. I would have been so pissed. If you could put one player from that team on tomorrow's game to play with the with the current team, who would you put? Russ. Well, I was going to say Pete, Russ or Siva, yeah. Yeah, just somebody who could score. I was going to say Hand Russ. the ball too, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Jason, what's your favorite Kirk moment? I mean, the, the dunk, dunk against Notre Dame. Syracuse, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that I, was, I thought you were saying Notre Dame, the dunk. Oh, dunk, was, dunk of the year. Wasn't he the one that did the the dunk on the, in the Syracuse game against Freedom We did Hall? several dunks against Syracuse and Freedom Hall, but yeah. the dunk was the one against Notre Dame. where Oh, he slammed and he crammed on He the won dude. dunk yeah. of the year and all yeah. the cheerleaders stared at Yeah. I, did he get teed up for that? He did. Bobby yeah. Knight was like, eh, it's a despicable act by, yeah. Well, Bobby Knight's old school. Get out of my face. Yeah. Uh, the, the Syracuse memory is probably the, the whole game. The, yeah, the, well, the, the he's best. the one that made the final dunk, right? Uh, I mean, he had several. I don't know about the final one. We had the, we had the fast break with like 30 seconds left. He dunked the ball, I think. I Maybe, yeah. Uh, Texas missing the tournament is unacceptable and will always be at Louisville. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Texas, I think part of our confidence in that team was that if someone was having an off game, someone else would always step up. We were just we were just a deep team. I mean, we, we had were so many a weapons. complete team. Yeah. There's my favorite memory of 2013 was all the IU fans saying that they were going to win the next year because every time Louisville wins, IU wins. <laughs> uh, and the next year, I knew Tom Cream was still their coach, and they didn't stand a chance. Well, they that, that there was a difference. That IU team lost a lot. They lost as much as we did, if not I mean, as anybody did. What were they in 2014? They lost the sweet. Well, what see were they? Were the one? No, in 2014. Oh, they're I, saying he said he's saying all the Indiana oh, fans remember. said that the year after they were going to win the national title because they always won the title after we did, which is true. They won in 81, 87. Yeah, they won 81, 87. Yeah. Let me but the next was that the year that they beat UK in the second round with Thomas Bryant? No, I don't think so. Was it? Was was that 2016? Regardless, I don't think that they ended up. They, they weren't good in 2014. Uh, no, they didn't. They didn't go to the tournament. They yeah, were 17 they missed, and yeah, 15. They, yeah, they right. They, like I said, they lost like all like four or five starters on that team. Though. Yeah. Texas, I saw the Lumineers at Yum Center back in August. I wanted to go. 
So he said, would Trevor rather drink a glass of contaminated water from the train wreck or eat a salad? Why? How close to the wreck are we talking? Uh, like in the belly of the beast in Ohio, the bubbling water that people are showing videos of now. If the water's bubbling? Yeah, that's what the those videos are everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, I'll eat a salad with bubbling water. I you're, mean, you're making the right choice. Yeah, I, you by the way, since that run, have made the tournament three times. No, it's not good. It makes it makes you feel a little better, right? A little bit. Even though, even though I think IU's going to make it final four run this year. They're good. Texas says, with the women losing last night to Notre Dame in overtime, it would be amazing if we could repeat what happened with the men's team 10 years ago and have the Notre Dame be our very last loss. Yeah. I mean. This is the, by the way, this is the wife who, the tire gauge story. She says, if the hubby keeps it up, I'm going to find a permanent home for that tire gauge. It was not in a gift bag. I didn't even get his annual day after markdown candy. The balloon ride was a birthday anniversary combo gift. You guys need to work this out. Yeah. First of all, is there, as a birthday, I guess that close to the anniversary. I mean, I don't know. We don't know. And I thought this was a Valentine's Day thing. It was a Valentine's Day thing. That's what she's saying. She's saying he's misremembering. He's he quit taking her for granted. I think we have to have the first ever Rutherford Show marriage counseling session. I think we should step in on this. Yeah. Get both of them in here for an hour. Yeah. And then we'll have your ex girlfriend, the grave robber, and <laughs> get her. Like the judges, like the worst panel since the. This is the Simpsons for Homer's Donut. We're going to fix one relationship, and we're going to get one relationship rekindled all, all in one day. <laughs> Texas, Sean Moth was ripping the NCAA for their new no props allowed on the field during the celebration rule. Good. It's stupid. What? No. What, so A&M can't use their bubbles anymore? Those are fans, but the oh. players can't. Like, we have that. The, the players, when you hit a home run, they have been Put wearing the helmet on. The helmet. Yeah. They can still do it, but it has to be in the dugout. You can't have props on the field. Oh, well, I don't care. It's, they were always doing the dugout anyway, weren't they? No. The, the whole point of the helmet is you put it on so players can like all smack you on the head. Yeah, after you get the I always run. thought they were doing it in the dugout anyway. No, they, they put it on. They, they, they bring it out to like home plate, and then they yeah. put it on the guy, and then everybody drills him. Because who was the MLB team that they were doing that? They put them in the cart, and they run them down, through the, down the dugout uh, last year. I have year. no idea. But, the Astros that were doing that or something. But you can't have props on the field. It's a, a silly rule, but whatever. I'm not. Listen, just put it in the dugout. I'm not worried about that rule. That's fine. What, Trevor taking over the NCAA now? Well, I'm just saying it depends because if you open up the play game, I mean, who knows what kind of props we're going to start getting. If it's going to start being as lame as the turnover everything for every team. Then who cares? It's fun. I guess. Texas decided the night before the game to go. I drove through the night to pick up a friend. I drove back when it ended. I used student loan money to buy tickets. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't feel bad, dude. I used student loan money to like, pay rent for many for, for many months. So don't, don't feel bad about that. Tucker says, you forgot to mention on Monday that it was the one-year anniversary of the Twitter fight between Chris Mack and Mark Ennis live at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, the mask, the mask fight. Classic. I'm not getting involved in that. Tucker says, Trevor is talking about the oop at Syracuse game, and yes, he did put the nail in the coffin with the breakaway dunk. Okay. Yeah. I remember the dunks. I just didn't remember. It was like the very I, That's the, the game. one game I'm just still regret I didn't get to go to. Oh, it was great. I, had, I was working. Uh, I was bored off for something accumulated. Shout out to Vinny Tatum. Hooking me up. Yeah. I was up at 3 a.m. watching the game on a 24-inch TV while deployed in Djibouti in East Africa. Wow. Jeez. Well, at least you get to watch the game. It's more than the water heater guy can say. Texas underrated moment of the year was Shane Bahannon's dunk at DePaul. It was... That rings a bell. Oh, you remember? He like puts his knee into the dude and just... Cra- it was vicious dunk. Nice. Vicious dunk. It was great. Texas says... Maybe she's right. Happy wife, happy life. It's a string of text messages. Well, that's obvious, first of all. Isn't the old analogy? It's her. 
it's his response to her text that she's sending in the show and says, I love you. Pick up the discount candy, please. I knew I was marrying Miss Wright. I didn't know I was marrying Wright now all the time. <laughs> Texas, remember the dunk that Shane had against DePaul that they didn't count because they called a charge instead of a block? They actually initially called it a charge and then canceled the call. Okay. We were all pissed off because we were like, it's charge. They counted the basket. They ended up taking the charge call away. Um, but uh, for a second there, it was like, that's the worst call of all time. Texture says, uh, we actually got married on a Friday the 13th. So that's the guy. And this is the couple. This is the greatest couple that we have. It's, it's, it's Louisville's ultimate married couple. I love them. They, they, they are competing with my other favorite text couple, which is Keith from KRC, KRC, who actually got married on a plane. Wait, what? He, got, he, he travels so much because I think he works for Humana. Keith's a great listener. If you're, if, if you're listening, Keith, we love you. We love you, Keith. Uh, looks like looks like uh, Michael McDonald a little bit. and uh, But, yeah, he, he told us the story. He's like, yeah, I got married. Me and my wife, we traveled so much that we actually literally had our wedding on a like a TWA flight or whatever. And if you Google it, there's like a story from like CNN. They, they covered this. Really? And talked about it. Yeah, the whole wedding party where the passengers of the plane – they, they 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 got married. The plane took off, and they went to the, their 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 site. Did you get married on a plane? I the closest I've come to doing anything on a plane was when I tripped a kid. Intentionally? Oh yeah, kid deserved it. Why? All right, quick story before okay. we get out of here. Very quick. Coming back from Seattle, uh, we stop in Dallas. Um, couldn't couldn't Dallas airports a pain in the rear end, so I couldn't get to go smoke a cigarette. I'm I'm just I'm I'm having I'm just having withdrawals. I'm very antsy. This is circa 2002, 2001, just 2000 maybe. And we're on this plane, and this kid just keeps running up and down the aisle screaming. Parents could give two bleeps. Everyone's just looking around like, are you going to do your parenting or not? Kids run down. So finally, I just lost it. I just keep coming down the aisle, put my leg out, boom. Kid goes flat, bam, right face first. Ah, ah, ah. I think he made a chip to twos. I don't know. Anyway, point is, is that after that happened, mom came and got him. He didn't run anymore. So basically, you're, you're, you're parenting this kid. You took over. I pretty much did. You took matters into your I hands. have my buddy Ruben to this day still. He'll bring it up randomly. Remember that time you tripped the kid to shut him up? Yeah. He loves that story. I don't know why. <laughs> Texas says, if Mickey, you have Mickey Mouse uh, interviewing Trevor's exes, this equals awards. This could be our, was it the Mercator Awards? <laughs> that? I don't know. Razzies. Sounds like. <laughs> I think those are the radio awards. What are the, the uh, how, how would I know? <laughs> I don't know the radio Marconi. Marconi. Oh. Award. There it is. Frick Award? <laughs> we haven't won one yet, I don't think. I don't think so. Can we get a Peabody? <laughs> Close to Peabody, we've come and taken the time machine back to 2013. We're talking about peeing on bodies. That's, that's about it. <laughs> I think that came up at one point, too. All right, uh, Trevor, <laughs> you got to go across the bridge, so we'll get out here yeah. a little bit early today. Let's make our predictions for tomorrow night's game. We'll take it on Clemson. 7 o'clock tip-off. The big show is obviously the 2013 team being honored. But can the cards capitalize on the momentum, the energy in the building, do they get a victory over a team that's fighting for its NCAA tournament life? What say you, Trevor Kelsey? Okay. First of all, I know people are going to say, Trevor, you picked you, you picked to beat Clemson at Clemson earlier this year. That didn't work out. You picked us to beat North Carolina. In fact, you guaranteed it a few weeks ago. That didn't work out. You told us a month or a, about a month ago you've given up on this team and you never pick them to win again. That happened. That is not going to work out either. Because tomorrow, I like Louisville. I, listen, I was wrong. I've been wrong on the other times. I'll be damned if I'm not going to be right one of these days. I, the, the, the stars are aligned. This is a game. Louisville's got to get a win. You got to be a team. Are they a tournament team? Top 25 team? Borderline maybe and maybe. But they're a team that's better than Louisville. You've come very close. You've got to get a win. And God help me. I know this sounds crazy. I don't want to win by 10 or 20. I want to win by less than three. 
I want a close victory. I want this team to feel that and know how it feels like. Right there at the turn with Siva, everybody comes out, celebrates. Maybe we hit a shot to buzzer. The 13 team runs out with us. The, the team runs out. They cut down the nets. They cut down the nets. Clemson's just furious. We get rings. P.J. Hall is just, just throwing people aside. Uh, it's just it's it's beautiful. It's just it is GD beautiful. All right, I in the last two months I've I've picked us to win two games: Florida A and M, and then Georgia Tech a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we step on a limb there, buddy. <laughs> Georgia Tech, we were underdogs. Oh, that's so. Yeah. I've been right about every game for two months. Is the point. <laughs> if you'd asked me 24 hours ago to pick this game, I would have picked Florida to win. Oh, what? Huh? I don't think they're winning. I, I think it's competitive. I think they play inspired basketball. I think Clemson has too much to lose. I think it's gonna come I think it's going to be another one like the last two games where we've got a shot in the last minute and a half and we end up losing. I'm gonna say we lose by five. Give me Clemson seventy seven, Louisville seventy two. I'll give you the score. I say Louisville I'll say it wins by two, it's a three down one. So I'm gonna say Louisville sixty eight, Clemson sixty six. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. Uh regardless, we're gonna be back on Monday. Enjoy the hoops this weekend, enjoy the twenty thirteen memories. Go Cards, let's beat Bucknell two more times. Let's take out Clemson on Saturday night, and let's have a joyful celebratory show on Monday. We'll see you guys at 3 o'clock. Oh,